Greetings, hello, and welcome to the sixth episode of the Yu Yu Hawk Show. This is Joe, Hannah, and I'm me, Patrick. Patrick is his name. Yep. Uh, anyways, so. <laughs> for those of you who are returning, uh, last time we wrapped things up with the Beast of Maze Castle arc. After what may be his toughest boss battle yet, Yusuke finally defeated Suzaku, saving the human world from the Saint Beast plans of domination, as well as Keiko and Botan's lives. And also to- killed Bird Person. Yeah, he did He did kill Bird Girlfriend. Lady Bird. Yes, Lady Bird. All these names are true. Uh, today, we finish up Season 1 with Episodes 22 through 25, a.k.a. the Rescue Yukina arc, and then we'll talk more about the Studio Perot. Stay tuned. Parrot Studio. Yep. Too bad. Good thing they didn't kill the stat parrot studio. Uh, anyway, uh, this saga begins with uh, episode 22, Lamenting Beauty, a.k.a. A Sorrowful Young Beauty, Yukina. This originally aired in Japan on March 13th, 1993, and in the U.S. on April 2nd, 2003. Uh, a little bit of a synopsis, Koenma sends Yusuke a cassette tape explaining his next mission, a, a rescue. An ice apparition <laughs> named... It doesn't date it at all. Uh, you know, it's like the ring. Yeah. Uh, he sent a hot mixtape. Did he have to rewind it afterwards? Like, you know, that's a good question. We never see them rewind it. But, anyways, uh, an ice apparition named Yukina is being held and tortured by exploitative human criminals because her tears turn into precious jewels. So, how do you guys uh, feel about this episode and sort of this saga? Like, don't get into too much detail because we're obviously going to continue talking about it. But, like. What were you guys' thoughts? I'm especially curious for Patrick, seeing as how he hadn't seen this before. Is it just her, like, is it just her tears that would turn into jewels, uh, or oh. any of her body fluid? Uh. Oh, I'm, I'm really hoping it's just tears. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Uh, like, what if you're, like, working out really intensely, and then, like, just drops it? That is the least disgusting version of what I thought you were implying. Oh! Oh. Yeah, I was like, yeah, let's not talk about the parodies of this series. Um, Yikes. I like this um, episode because it's kind of like it's a little less heavy in comparison to the last arc where there was such high stakes with everyone involved and now it's more of just kind of back to like Yusuke Kobara being like kind of like a goofy duo but you know a lot of fighting which is always fun yeah they killed the oh yeah I think it was this episode but like they don't like bird the Yu Yu Hakusho. Yeah. <laughs> no. I, was jo- I was joking that the last two episodes were directed by Hirohiko Araki. Oh, so the guy who made JoJo's Bizarre Adventure has a tendency to kill every dog who appears on camera? <laughs> it's, a, it's supposed to make them seem more evil. Yeah. Kill dogs are evil. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it straddles this weird line between, like, wait, is he does he like dogs and therefore he's saying this is really evil, or does he secretly hate dogs and just fucking kills them all the time? I like to pretend it's the latter. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, it could be both. Frankly, the guy's a complex man, but yeah. So uh, yeah, Yu Yu Hakusho, bit of a problem with birds. Birds get fucked up in some very interesting ways throughout the series. Oh, well, learn, don't be a bird. Yes, but uh, you're a bird. I'm not a bird. <laughs> I like uh, this, these episodes quite a good deal, but it's sort of interesting because until you get later in the series series and realize that these have a longer lasting impact than they initially appear, it seems like this bizarre non sequitur. Like, just, it feels like it could have been a, a non-canon OVA or, like, movie. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's just like, oh, check out this cool caper that has nothing to do with the overarching plot until it does. Yeah. yeah. 
But like, you know, Patrick doesn't know about that, so we'll talk around it. It'll be good. And maybe you don't either. Yeah, maybe you don't either. I don't know. So let's, uh, let's get into this. Go on, so. so the episode opens with Yusuke literally running late to school and he remarks on it's good for his morning exercise and everything and notices that he's being followed by this mysterious rooftop hopping blur with like sketchy black lines. He turns out to be our favorite black haired demon. Kuobara? I mean, yeah, yes. he is. <laughs> Yeah, but, oh yeah, Kovar totally has black hair. And three but, eyes. Yes, I mean, <laughs> obviously. But I think my favorite part of this is the is the realization of the mom that everything's back to normal. Like, she's back to her old self. She, like, tosses his bag at Yusuke and just, like, knocks him out. <laughs> oh, yeah, he fucking jumps off of his balcony because he's so late. Like, that's... <laughs> yeah, like, the, the mom's, like, not, like, oh, I'm so glad you're alive. It's like, it's like you're gonna be late to school. Here, take your thing. At least go this time. The only <laughs> thing that made it more... Like stereotypically, like late to school anime type shit is if he had bread in his yes. mouth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Running down, or then like bump into the love of his life. Like. Yeah, of course, of course. Talk to you, method. But yeah, so uh, you know, he he finds he a standing confrontationally, uh, and you know he is in the walkway in front of Yusuke, and he gives him this tape on Quenma's orders. Uh, you know, Yusuke asks Hiei if there's something wrong, since Hiei is doing this, uh, intense staring, which we have trademarked here in our notes for some reason. Is, is that to say, like, it's trademark anime stare or trademark Hiei stare? Uh, oh, wait, none of us wrote these notes, did we? Alright. Yeah, Sarah wrote these. Okay, channeling. So Sarah's not here right now because she's in Austin being weird. Hey. Keep it weird in Austin. So the we're gonna just interpret her notes in the best way that we can. Um, I'm sure. I think she probably meant he glare. Like, uh, yeah. Okay. Um, an interesting note. This is one of the few times where I think the Japanese line that follows this is actually more interesting than the other lines. So uh, on you know this confrontation, Yusuke in the U.S. version says, "You're not stalking me, are you?" And then in the Latin American version, he says, why are you following me like this? But in Japanese, what he says is, you're not stalking me, or does it have to do with my overflowing charm? Which seems bizarrely like the U.S. version of Yusuke instead, but maybe just maybe the way the lip movements worked out, they couldn't get as long of a line in the English version. He's kind of flirty with you. Yes, it's cute. It's very cute. Don't um, give anyone ideas. You're just happy to see me. <laughs> Yeah, but Yusuke, you know, comments that he is acting a bit weird, but doesn't think too much about it because the school bell then rings and kind of, like, cuts off the thought. We then uh, cut to the spirit world where Quenma and Kurama, who is probably skipping school, I guess, because we forget sometimes that Kurama is technically in the body of, like, a 14-year-old and therefore is in high school, which is discussed later in the series. Uh, and the two of them are discussing if Hiei suspects anything about the tape. You know, ooh, something's weird about this tape. Now that I think about it, this series actually has a number of strange, important videotapes, one of which becomes more relevant later, obviously, but uh, for right now, just know that this is an important videotape. Uh, Quentin believes... Very yes, very, very important. Quentin believes that Hiei suspects something, uh, though it might not be the entire truth regarding it, and uh, expects the worst. Kurama then tries to reassure him that Hiei will trust Yusuke to fix things, which, you know, leaves open, like, fix what? What's going on? Yeah. I found it interesting that, like... They made Hiei deliver the tape, though they don't want Hiei to know it's in the tape, and you're like, ah. So, like, I, I don't know. I, when I was watching it in the beginning, I was like, what's the reasoning behind that? Why not get 
Kurama or Botan to give the tape. I think and then he says that in the thing, at least in the English version, he's like, isn't this Botan's job? Why are you doing this? Like, what's the point? It does very much feel like a, how do we set up a ticking clock for this plot situation? Yeah. You know, There's similar... In, this, in, the, in, these, in this, this arc. Oh yeah, similar to like the whole thing with uh, the fucking cultivated humans. It's just like, we need to isolate you two to have a fight. Yeah, it's kind of... Like, and Kurama just shows up behind Kawenma, like... Hey, like, did he figure it out yet? Instead of like, I don't know, they been like they're just both busy. Nah, like he's right there, ready to give a tape. Oh, uh, he really wanted to. It's definitely some goofy shit. But um, when we get back to the school, we see Kuwabara walk into a room, and instantly you just hear Yusuke from off screen say, "Hey, uh, do you have a VCR?" And like, you know, this wouldn't be so goofy if like the time at which we saw this, like VCRs were kind of a dying technology. But, uh, yeah, at the time it was like, oh, this is like the, not the height of things, but like kind of the standard. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Kuwabara asked if like, oh yeah, if, Yusuke, are you trying to see like, quote unquote, a nudie movie in, <laughs> in the US version or in Japanese, like dirty movie or in the Latin American, película para adultos. <laughs> and like, it, it got very, very lecherous in all cases. But, uh, you know, Yusuke says, maybe, but it's from Spirit World, so uh, Kubar is instantly kind of boner-killed. <laughs> yeah, because he's just like, oh, fuck, I don't want to go back to that. I can't believe you dragged me into that last time, which Yusuke kind of remarks, like, you fucking jumped in yourself, dog. That's your fault. Um, but, uh, you know, Kubara having uh, mixed feelings about his previous involvement, I guess. But uh, he, he Kubara doesn't want to be involved because uh, now he says he wants to be a man of science. You know? <laughs> which makes, makes sense. Me. <laughs> course so uh keiko shows up uh and tells off yusuke for bringing a tape to school because apparently that's against the rules which i guess i kind of get but it, it just seems kind of arbitrary are they gonna trade their six skate footy vids but like what are you gonna do with the tape like what you I, they're gonna strangle themselves with the freaking film well they, they think oh. like, they're, they're, they're giving porno and stuff yeah i think yeah, they probably like, i think they probably think they're man. trading like shit they shouldn't have yeah, type yeah, thing yeah um, but yeah, Yusuke's about to make another excuse, but flashes back to the last episode when Keiko tells him to not hide anything from her ever again. Uh, so he tells Keiko the truth, but, you know, like, oh yeah, I'm, I got a video from Spirit World, and like, this is probably my next mission, stuff like that. But she doesn't understand what he's talking about. <laughs> and, uh, you know, she says, oh, like, this is for that internship with that detective you have. That must, Spirit World must be the name of the, uh, detective agency. And Yusuke's like what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and he realizes, like, fuck, did Botan just give her a complete line of bullshit? But, like, how do they she even explain the teachers chasing after her? Like, that whole series was just like, oh, we're on an internship, don't worry. Like, Yeah, all our teachers <laughs> turned into blue people because of an internship. It's and like, tried what? to murder you. That was her fun. Yeah. <laughs> Can't believe this is unpaid, y'all. April <laughs> Fools. Yeah. But so this, this, they then go to back to Kurobara's house where Yusuke and Botan are arguing because Yusuke's fucking pissed that she said she was going to talk to Keiko and didn't tell her shit. Or told her, you know, just some, some bullshit. Uh, in the US version, interestingly enough, like, uh, they add that the internship was for juvenile delinquents, which, like, Yusuke's, like, very pissed off that, like, they highlighted, like, oh, I can't believe you made me look even worse. But um, Botan claims that the only way for the spirit world to work is for humans not to know about it. The thing, though, is that there is no similar line to this in the Japanese or the Latin American version. Just a vague description that it's, like, top secret. And this is very odd to me. That Like, I, I guess, like, why do you think they included this line? Do you think it's just much more of, like, a 
do you think there's like an attitude difference, a cultural difference, or do you think it was just like lip flaps? Translators got lazy. Well, that seems like a, a weird thing to be like to say. Maybe. I think it's just lip flaps, to be honest. They, they, they do that sometimes where they just can't get the information out, so it's okay, let's just do it for lip flap stuff. Mm. Lol. So, uh, you know, Kubara cuts in, says Botan's right, and Yusuke should think about Keiko's safety, you know, going back with the fucking Spider-Man style, like, if my love finds out that I'm a superhero, she'll get shot type thing, <laughs> which never made sense. But, like, it kind of, I mean, they would have been after Keiko anyway. Yeah, I was going to say, they're after Keiko even if she doesn't know, so like, clearly it doesn't make much sense. But, uh, Kuwabara mostly says this because he's very clearly still into Botan at this point. Because, you know, maybe maybe that will change relatively soon. But uh, as it stands, he's still very into Botan. Um, so they start playing the tape, uh, at which point it starts with an intro for Kuenma Pictures... Uh, which is clearly references to Columbia and MGM. Yeah. Like they have like an ogre. They have like an ogre in a little circle going rar, rar, and uh, that was like the funniest thing. It's, it's like it's like you didn't tell me it was this kind of movie. Yeah. <laughs> it was like it's like wait, maybe this was that kind of movie after all. It's it's really great. And in the Latin American version, they like read the copyright warning, but in Spanish, but like it's way too short of a warning to have been what was displayed on screen, so I don't know what they were doing there, but you get the idea. Um, so yeah, while they're playing the... While, since they're playing this, uh, Koenma mentions... He appears on the you know video screen, and Kuwabara is just like, wait, this is your boss? He's a toddler? Because he hadn't been briefed about the fact that, you know, uh, Koenma is like a, a little baby. Uh, and uh, Botan obviously remarks, like, please don't say that, you know, because she's still trying to get everyone to be, like, cool to him and shit. But, uh... Quenma in the video mentions like, oh yeah, this video is encrypted and people who don't have spirit energy will just see it as static, you know, so they're all like not as worried anymore because they're like, oh yeah, if anyone walks in, we're good. It's like that one, that one creepypasta, the, was it Cauldron Cove? I don't know this one. Oh, it's the one where it's like, it's like the, the kids are watching this, this TV show, it got really, really weird. It turned out at the end that they're just watching static. It's like, oh, you're just, that, that TV show, you just watch static all day. It reminds huh. me of that one. I forgot what the name of that was. It's like, did but, they say fuzzies? Sorry, sorry. Did they say fuzzies or static? They didn't say static. I think they said static. I think they might have said fuzz in a later line. Oh, okay. Um, but regardless, uh, basically, Shizuru, who is Kuwabara's older sister, walks in, and like she's just holding a tray and doesn't really react. So like at first, it's kind of ambiguous what's going on, but that will that will you know come back later. Uh, but Koenma continues to explain that Yusuke's next mission is to rescue Yukina, an ice apparition who's being held captive by a greedy old businessman named Tarukune. Yukiona. <laughs> Does it say Yukiona? Or? No, 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 no. You, I think Yukina is based off yeah. of Yukiona. Yukiona is like the... She's a... Uh, the black hair, like, stuff in the snow. Right? Oh! Right, Patrick, do you know what I'm talking about? Doesn't that just mean Lady Snow? But, like, there's a specific, like, Yukiona yeah. poem. I think... I used to have to know. I think I know what you're talking about. about. Yeah. Uh, I've never heard that before. Yukiona, the poem? No, I'm very... While she Googles that, um, I'll just continue this real quick. So, uh, she's being held by Tarukune in a mansion in the middle of the forest, which in the U.S. version is said to be, quote-unquote, 200 miles from your city. In the Japanese version, at the at a base secretly built within the expansive forest at the foot of Mount uh, Honetadare. Yeah. And uh, in the Latin American version, in the mountains. <laughs> good, good, yeah. The middle of the forest, in the mountains. <laughs> so- yeah. You know, one, one of my favorite things about this is uh, Kurobara is like, I'm not going to get involved in anything 
anything to do with the sphere thing again. And it's like Hugh always saying Philadelphia, Kuwabara saves yeah. the saves the princess. Yeah. <laughs> Kuwabara gets fucking involved again. Yeah. So uh, you know, continuing on. <sighs> Bless you. My sneeze, you know, that's a, a very important note about this episode. Um, but yeah, Yukina can create rare pearls worth millions from her tears, uh, and these are referred to as uh, Hiroseki stones, which is kind of interesting because, like, that's actually kind of a bad translation. Because, Megan, correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't that mean Hiru stone stones? I think so. Yeah, because yeah. I, I think Seki is stones, depending on, a stone, depending on what character is used. And so I think in the Japanese version it just says Hiru Stones rather than Hiruseki. Um, but yeah, so Tarukune is trying to torture her to get her to constantly cry in order to sell these things for big bucks. And like clearly this is uh, this is pretty fucked up. That's alright. So uh, you know they they mention like oh here's here's a look at the girl and we get our first look at her and uh, Kobara. Uh, I think I think Hannah only you can do this line justice. Uh, me okay so Kobara's Korkoro goes doki doki and he's like Ooh. and he's like blushing as like drool spit coming out from his mouth and in his mind we all know he's thinking Botan who? It's all about Yukina. <laughs> yeah, he must have a thing for girls with blue hair. I think so. <laughs> so, um, to kind of go on, yeah. He basically now after seeing um, Yukina pop up on the screen, he's like all of a sudden he gets really charged up and he's like, Yusuke, I'm going to come with you and we're going to save her. <laughs> and um, yeah, that's like, then right then and there they notice Shizuru and like um, the video has just ended and like they ask if she saw it and in the US version Yusuke's like, uh, we were just watching Fuzz. And Baton's like, yes, Buzz, we find it relaxing. <laughs> and Shizu's like, yeah. In the Japanese version, version, she's like, that video is not of this world, is it? In the U.S. version, um, she says, I must have imagined that little boy with the pacifier giving you orders. <laughs> I again, I like, I like the U.S. line better. Yeah, the U.S. line, the U.S. lines generally, I'm gonna say like seven out of ten times are much better than the Japanese and Latin American lines where there's like a divergence. Mm-hmm. And this is definitely one of those examples. I like how they make Shizuru like kind of like a snarky asshole, like a lot of the other characters in the show too. Yeah. It's She's a, oh sorry. Oh, it's a good balance her snarkiness with Kuwabara, who tends to be too earnest. Too earnest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I found it hilarious. He like asks her like, "Show up, give us some bus money. <laughs> How much can you give us?" I, I think he even says like, "Could I get a million or something?" Yeah, she's a million, like, for, yeah. for a million, you could go to the other side of the planet or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, and she, I think she gives her like a. Ten thousand or something. I I don't remember what. I mean that would make sense. I mean I have a she bus to fifty. I thought. Oh like, yeah, who knows? Fifty, and she's like, all right. Oh, I I just want to remember like, oh what? You know, I don't know what bus fare for approximately two hundred miles in Japan is in nineteen ninety three. Does anyone know? Two hundred miles is what? That's how, how many, many kilometers? Or, yeah. Uh, I don't know how many kilometers that is. We have to take take in consideration it's on a mountain, so oh that's true. The time will be cut. Well, like double. I don't know. Do you have a bus schedule from 93? Yeah, from 1993. Yeah. Like do, do you know if you, 50 you know if you, yeah. yeah, 50 N. Good. 50 we, we figured it out, y'all. Do, do they need Sherpas to get up that mountain? Not at all. <laughs> so, uh, at Tarukane's mansion, uh, you know, Tarukane arrives and his butler dude, uh, with his butler dude and asks him, 
uh, if Yukina has cried yet, uh, the butler guy's name is uh, Sakashita, which in the Latin American version, they had a very funny mispronunciation of it, which was <laughs> Sakashita, as in like, you know, it sounds like, oh, little Sakasha, uh, the little diminutive ending, but like, it's just like a quirk of the way that the transliteration comes into Spanish is kind of bad. Uh, also English, but you get the idea. Um, but yeah, so the butler guy says no, they haven't been able to get her to cry since she's stripped herself of all emotions. Uh, in the US version, Trukane then says one of the creepiest things I've ever heard, which is, them broads is all alike. If you ask them nicely, they stiffen up like a dead bug. It's like, oh man, this implies all the worst things about you. Oh yeah, no worries. Uh, well, anyways, uh... Turukane then, you know, says like, eh, no problem, because he's brought some, uh, some experts, let's say. Is it and... Pawn Stars? Yes, why not? It's the Pawn Stars, yes, you have it's, the... It's like, I have cry, I'm an expert for that, hold on. We have the large Arnold Schwarzenegger-looking Pawn Star, and the small... <laughs> yeah, no, so what actually happens is the Toguro brothers show up, uh, the Toguro brothers are two famous, uh, yokai, uh, their qualifications are not really discussed until later... Uh, but as it stands, they're just known as being incredibly powerful. Uh, they, there's two of them, one who looks like a thinner version of Arnold Schwarzenegger in his prime, uh, and wears like a long trench coat. And the other whom looks like, Hey man, what if you had like Michael Jackson, but he was like gray? He reminds me of that one claw guy from King of Fighters. Yeah, he's the claw dude from King of Fighters plus Michael Jackson, if y'all know what we're talking about. Uh, and he speaks like this! Uh... (laughs) In most languages, it's real bad. Uh, and like, uh, did, did Arnold guy actually sound like had an Austrian accent? I didn't watch the dub. No, he doesn't have an Austrian accent. Uh, he he has more like an American tough guy type thing. I got you because I, I was imagining the dub would do an Arnold thing, but in the in the no, that'd be too cheesy uh, for reasons that we'll get into later. But uh, the Spanish version, the Latin American Spanish version of him, sounds like a straight up like luchador. He's like, <laughs> you know, me amo tu guru. Like, it, like, just very deep. It's just like, oh, he's gonna beat the shit out of people. Um, so yeah. He wears no, a mask, here's my power. Yeah. <laughs> these Spanish oh, guitar starts playing. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be great. But yeah, you get the idea. So, um, we now cut to Yukina hanging out with some birds, uh, which is very Disney-esque, you know. She's just like, ah, oh, my birds! Uh, and, <laughs> yeah, you know, prelude to terrible things happening. Uh, but she tells them to fly away and wishes she could go with them. You know, very typical Japanese trope of like, oh, if I had wings, I would fly away too. Um, and uh, and so, you know, as this happens, she hears the door open and uh, Tarukane in Russian attire and the Taguro brothers show up. And Yukina gives them the cold shoulder, both in terms of emotional reaction, but also she freezes the room. Because, again, she is an ice demon. And, uh... In the U.S. version, Tarukane calls her a frigid whore. While in the Latin American version, he just says, Ah, she appears to be frozen. Yeah. Yeah. The U.S. version, they yeah, go they all out. That was a weird, like, accent to go with, too. Oh, like, like the Brooklyn accent? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, yeah. mobster-esque. <laughs> oh, so we haven't talked about it yet, but the guy who did the voice is Oolong from Dragon Ball. So it's just like... Yeah, he is he is both he's Oolong, he is Tarukane, and he is Keiko's dad. So there's there's a lot of weird shit going on in that department. I have not confirmed this, but I'm ninety-nine percent sure based on how the voice sounds, like it's it's too close. Uh, and also same studio, so for the dubbing at least. So Taguro tries to hurt her, uh, in you know, just to see if he can get her to cry the easy way, you know, quote unquote. 
by he like effectively flicks his finger which either releases like demon energy or like shoots a jet of air so fast that it cuts her face uh and she doesn't cry so uh you know freaking Tarukane says something to the effect of like oh yeah she's like cut herself off from like pain and like her emotions so that's not gonna do shit uh, he also mentions, at least in the Japanese version, that she's been in captivity for five years. Oh. Yeah. God. Yeah, it's it's been wow, a while. Wow, that's darker than I thought. It's a lot darker, and it's it's also, it's ambiguous as to how much of a portion of her life that is, because I always thought that at this point in the series, Yukina was 14, and the reason I thought that was because she is literally the twin sister of Hiei, and I thought that Hiei's... Is that a spoiler? No, that's not a spoiler. I mean, they mentioned that they're siblings, right? Uh, that was later on, so episode four. Oh, I mean four. Well, well, I mean, if you're if you're listening to this, you kind of already got there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like, they're they're twin siblings, and uh, like I always thought he was fourteen, but like apparently in the fan community, there's some ambiguity if they're somewhere between fourteen at the youngest and ninety nine at the oldest. But I don't know how much of that is fan and bullshit, and how much of that's real. The age in the Yuhak show is really confusing. Apparently. Everybody's 50 million years old unless they're like 14 for some reason. I mean, yeah, it's really? just like, Actually, yeah. like Japanese drama. society. <laughs> yeah, Kurama. It's like the, the one thing, um, what was it? It was the uh, the courtroom. It's like, oh, I'm like, I'm like 14. I'm 999 years old. I'm 12. It's like this. I can't remember what anime it was. I saw like a parody thing. On oh, it. it was like really dumb. I know Gurulaga. Oh, yeah. Where God. she's like 14. Yeah. That's so creepy now that I know that. Or like Leorio. I don't know who that is. From Hunter x Hunter. I still haven't watched it. He looks like an old man. Oh, I think that's a spoiler. Anyway. Ten points. Speaking of Hunter x Hunter, the butler is pretty much a recycled, or a, they recycled that exact character for a different butler person in Hunter x Hunter. Nice. <laughs> the Good one with shit. the curly mustache is one that runs funny. <laughs> <laughs> Lol. Um, but yeah, so then, uh, you, you know, Yukino's bird friends come back into the room and she's like, no, go away. <laughs> And uh, the that's my great Yukina impression. <laughs> Wait, oh, great yeah. So the Tsukuro brothers instantly realize, like, oh, she cares about these birds. <laughs> and they gave the birds a hand. To which, yeah, they gave the birds a hand. Uh, younger Tsukuro, who's the bigger one, confusingly enough, says something to the effect of, brother. And then, <laughs> I think, I think Elder Tsukuro then says, but of course. And <laughs> Fucking sticks his tendril ass tentacle hands out, grabs the bird, and like crushes them in front of Yukina to make her fucking cry. Uh, you know, she cries, the tears turn into stones, and Tarukane is a happy fucking scumbag. So, uh, younger Tsuguro gives Yukina the advice of, you know, learn to cry on demand. <laughs> this will make your life easier. It's, it's real, it's dark shit. Um, really, they could have just like cut onions in front of her every day wouldn't have to torture her, naturally tears would flow, and then mission solved. So I guess, I mean, I don't think you're wrong, <laughs> but I think like they probably could have been like, well, you know, if we tried using tear gas on her, she'll just freeze the air, so it'll come out of suspension yeah. or some weird... It's like, we have to fucking they make her They everything hurt. already. They've yeah. done it. They cut onions. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, onions, number one. <laughs> Made her watch a sad movie. Like. Yeah. Well, oh, JoJo was cancelled. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, oh, they could have threatened her family. Then I'm like, no, they couldn't have. She doesn't know anything about her family. What? Oh. Well, because the one member of her family she did know isn't alive anymore. Right, right, right. 
Did they confirm? Did they confirm if that was that that person? Their savior was that he? Uh, later on. Wait, wait, we'll we'll talk about that in a bit. Um. Okay, so basically, um, Trudeau then tells Sakashita to call up the boys in the U.S. version. The, the boys. boys. We the boys. We the boys. I wish the when the screens had turned on, they had just said that. <laughs> we the <done> boys. <laughs> Cut back out. I had no idea what the fuck they said there, and I didn't want to look it up, so I just let that one go. <laughs> so, did they have a cold one as well? Sure <laughs> yes, they, they had cold. Well, they were all cold ones with the boys. <laughs> Memes. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, they Yusuke, Kubara, and Botan get dropped off by bus and embark on a quest to save Yukina. And in the US version, Yusuke says something to the effect of, like, wow, this is a huge waste of space. Referring to the outdoors? <laughs> And Bodan says, some people like the wilderness, to which Yusuke responds, yeah, old hermits and people who don't know how to talk to girls. And I was like, <laughs> so like, I, this is one of those three out of ten times where I don't like the US lenses. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? What is he wrong? Uh, maybe, maybe, I don't know. Do you know what he says in the Japanese version? I don't know. I looked at this in English, like, this time. I'm not sure. Uh, but Tugur- uh, no, Tarukane learns about them trespassing on his evil lair because a statue with cameras in its eyes sees them. Rich people. <laughs> <laughs> the Taguro brothers send out their men to take care of them. Uh, back so, with you mean oh, their man? So, like, here's the thing. This forest is like a regular open forest. And they're just like, I mean, in their eyes I get, but they're three kids walking down the place like, kill the intruders. Just like, couldn't they be lost in hiking? Like, theoretically? I think at this point, it's still like, oh yeah, we could talk them out of it. Because as we'll talk about later, the first person who sees them is kind of like, you guys should leave. But then he Uh, switches his tune when they like reveal how much they know. Right, that makes sense. Yeah, so we get back to Yusuke and the gang as they make their way through the forest. And quote unquote, in English, it smells like ass. (laughs) Uh, Kubara takes the lead, declaring he'll rescue his true love. Uh, Botan and Yusuke talk about the part of the video that Kubara actually missed because he rushed out of the room so fast, uh, where Koenma explains that Yukina is Hiei's sister. Sorry, I guess I spoiled the twin thing, but they are they are revealed to be siblings. Um, we see Hiei running through the forest, thinking, "You, <laughs> why is this? Why is this? Why is this? Say it, no, say it, say it like it's written." <sighs> Yukina, I'm coming. Yes, good job. <laughs> God, what what the fuck? Patrick, you might know this, but what arcade game was it where someone just kept on saying, No, don't come! <laughs> well, that's House of the Dead 2. That's House of the Dead 2, yeah. Don't come. Don't come. I'm my, my favorite one is when they die, and it says, like, there's nothing we could do. <laughs> <laughs> I, that, that's, like, my favorite Dreamcast game of all time. Don't Play come. Play House of the Dead 2. Don't, don't do it. The, the first one also has no. grade A voice acting. And then this is followed in the Latin American version by another grade A line. Where Kubara, like, because they couldn't figure out what the fuck to make him say here, in Spanish says, Japan is a small country, but it's an incredible place. I mean, he's not wrong, right? He's not wrong, but there's literally no connection to anything they were doing. He's not I, wrong, he's so asshole. I, I rewound and replayed that a couple times, because I'm like, maybe I misheard this. What did he say otherwise? I, I, it wasn't that. I mean, Japón es un país pequeño. Pero es increíble. And I was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. So, wait, no, I think I, 
Is are they actually are they from Japan in the dub on that dub? So are they, in, are they from like South America? They're, no, they're from they're from Japan. But in the the U.S. version is the only one that gets weird about this, where they kind of go out of their way to not say the names of cities or where they're from until like the third season, where they're basically like, we have to talk about Tokyo because we talk about the Tokyo metropolitan area. We look at a map. We look at a map. Yeah, no, they straight up show a map with a bunch of kanji on. It's like we couldn't avoid this anymore. I know that was like the, the localization of the time. I think so English too. English is always like it's gonna be ambiguous. We're not in like I didn't know. Okay, dumb me. I didn't know Kanto region was that like an actual place. I mean, I don't think any of us knew that one. None of us knew that when we played Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow. But here's the thing: I didn't know it until I went to Japan and someone was like, "Ah, we're in the Kanto region. You're going to go to the Kansai region for vacation." I was like, "What? Like, excuse me? You should go to to Kanto dressed up as a Pokemon trainer. No, it's like we're all the Pokemon. No, don't don't find a dead suicide body. Uh, Oh god, yeah, Yeah. Uh, Logan Paul." He infiltrates all our episodes. Yeah, God. Pokemon Go and Kanto, Suicide Force. Oh, no. I'm his number one fan, guys. God damn it. So, uh, yeah. So, find a lot of ghost type Pokemon. After the. Jesus. Ah! After this terrible line, they stop when Kuwabara senses something bad and Botan's demon compass goes crazy. They're confronted by a sketchy mobster looking dude in suit slash sunglasses who turns into a very gross tentacle monster demon. When we say very gross, we mean, like, the most. He, I, I wrote down he is an octopus dude with a, a proboscis and a chest and hand vaginas. I, I have that in my ass too, pussy chest. Pussy chest! I was like, I was what like, why? Pussy chest from now on. Oh god. Yeah, so he's one of Tagoro's demon lackeys. And, uh, you know, they start talking with him a bit. He's like, oh yeah, you guys should go. You know, this is private property. If you could get off the land, that'd be great. He's trying to be a nice guy. <laughs> sort of, <laughs> I guess. Trying to be a nice guy here. Yeah, but uh, they say to him various things that, like, piss him off and make them know that, like, oh, yeah, these guys know what's going on here. In the U.S. version, they say, oh, those crime lords always have swank houses. In Japanese, he says, you can afford a big house with all those dirty tricks. What? Yeah, I, I thought that was, like, kind of... I bet it's not as goofy as that if I was able to understand Japanese. Yeah. But in Latin American Spanish, they said, I have heard he's fortunate due to dirty business. And I was like, what the fuck was any of this phrasing? Well, I mean, it's not wrong. I mean, there's a difference between not wrong and sounding not insane. Uh, but yeah, Kuwabara and Yusuke... Well, I was going to say that Japan has big houses. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Japan you know, here has big houses. Yeah, Japan is a small country, but it has large houses. Um, but <laughs> it's, it's, Yeah, it's also not true. Not uh, so Kuwabara and Yusuke call him out on his hypocrisy for letting Tarukane torture a fellow demon like he does Yukina. Uh, but this dude doesn't give a fuck because human and demons will sell their soul for uh, money slash power. Also not wrong. Yep. <laughs> uh, Kuwabara then proceeds to slice up this dude with his spirit sword and Yusuke finishes him off with his spirit gun this was the most extra and unnecessary thing during this entire thing cause like it looked cool as fuck cause they do this cool 360 shot where Kuwabara is like effectively doing like a big baseball swing and then like takes the dude out but then this guy's cutting pieces and Kuwabara could have easily finished him off with using minimal energy but Yusuke is just like you know what, I'm just going to waste one of my spirit gun bullets today. Because fuck it, why not? And like does like a huge shot, disintegrates the guy when it was completely unnecessary. How much spirit bullets does he have now? He had one a day, but then they're going to give him the infinite. I don't think they make it explicit how many he has right now, but in the next saga, yeah. Yeah, he'll have a count that he has, like, it visually shows it. Yeah, Hannah's doing a hand motion that you can't see right now. (laughs) Where in the next saga, they explicitly show each of his fingers glowing, and that's yeah. how many shots he has. 
So he does some training between now and then, so I'm going to wager he has slightly less than the five bullets he has in the next saga. Yeah. He shot a lot in this in this uh, saga. Yeah. yeah, I think we did. they just ignored. They totally <laughs> fucking ignored the, the count. Like, I think count ma- mattered in the previous saga and matters in the next saga, and this one they're like, we'll just be badass, fuck it. <laughs> it well, looks yeah. cool. Like, yeah, like, I know they used one on that one, and they, I think they, they used about four or five or six. Yeah, no, I, he totally does. And there are varying strength where it's just like, yeah, you never clarified your usage of any of this shit. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Yeah, so, so basically, um, with one down, they continue on to like towards the mansion, ready to face any challenges that Tarukane and the Tikoro brothers send their way. And thus begins the next episode. Uh, episode 23, the Toguro Brothers Gang, a.k.a. Envoys of Darkness, the Toguro Brothers, which is a way cooler fucking name. Um, but yeah, so the original air date in Japan was March 20th, 1993, and April 3rd, 2003 in the U.S. Uh, is it the same date as the last one? Is it? Yes, it is. Oh, okay. So I wonder if this was one of those, like, yeah, this might have been the same thing with, like, the same piece where they're like, we gotta finish the saga strong, so let's fucking do a marathon or something like that. Well, it was the season finale, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, this is season finale, even though the other one feels more season finale actually. So is it, is, is it season one of the Japanese or the English, or is it both? It's both, but, like, I, you know what, I, I have to look into this, because I know in the US version for home release it is the end of the season, but I honestly wonder how it was partitioned in the Japanese version. We could look that up at some point. But, like, story-wise, it makes sense for this to be the end of the saga. Uh, but yeah, so this episode, uh, with Yusuke Kubar and Botan having unexpectedly gotten past the first demon guard, Tarukune takes the opportunity to increase his wealth by placing bets with five ultra-wealthy underworld associates on whether or not those youthful intruders will get past the remaining demons guarding his complex, knowing the Toguro brothers will be his ace in the hole at the end. And we need to stop, because they're actually just copy and paste the same dates. So, oh. it's a different date. Okay, cool. Thank you for clarifying that. Yeah, I was... sorry. I had to, like, look at... I looked at, just looked it up on Wikipedia, so... I mean, it would make sense, though. Quick, quick break. We're going to... Um, let me update the this episode one. March 13th. Okay, so, first episode, March 13th. And then the second one, March 20th. Wait, that's right, isn't it? Uh... Because we're, epi- we're talking episode 23? Episode yeah. 23, March 20th, 1993, and April 3rd, 2003. Yeah. Oh, she did, did the she... other one wrong. Oh, she copy-pasted uh, the U.S. Oh, oh, the, oh, April the first episode? April 2nd? Did we say April 2nd for the first one? For U.S., yeah. Yeah. Okay, then it's accurate. Oh, this is accurate. Yeah, yeah, sorry, I misread the dates. Yeah, oh, that, that is okay. my fault, y'all. Um... Yeah. Probably just cut this all out. So, we blame Joe? Uh, yeah, why not? It's Joe's Fuck problem. you, Joe! Yep. <laughs> so, the episode opens with Yusuke Kuobara and Botan reaching the end of the mountain trail, which is nowhere near Tukune's mansion. Uh, Botan suggests using her demon compass thing to track Yukina's energy. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's like, well, we could have done this first, but... Yeah, yeah, fuck it. We just decided to walk through this forest, I guess. But, you know, Kuobara, very familiar with getting through forests without, you know... Demon Sorry. compasses, because he's he's very good at uh, spirit sense and such. Suggest following his more superior technique, the red pinky string of love, oh. aka the red pinky string of destiny. God, I wish I had one of that. <sighs> yeah, me too. Um, but so, <laughs> so uh, younger Taguro informs Trugane that uh, was this Hiru or Hiruwe? Like, is that his, like because like the way it's written, I'm like I don't 
I don't know what romanization form is used here. Which one? Does it matter though? It doesn't matter. So the goon that he sent, you know, octopus vagina guy, uh, is octopus-y. dead. Octopussy. Yeah, octopussy. God damn it, is dead. And the intruders must have some unusual powers. Uh, Toguro tells Tarukane not to worry, but Tarukane remains less satisfied than the moms with the "Can I speak to the uh, to the manager, Bob's?" <laughs> so he says he wants to give the Toguros a test, which really what? more just equates with giving. Younger Tagoro, it says. He just wants a discount. Yeah, he, he wants a discount. But yeah, so in the spirit world, Koenma and George watch and talk about the notoriety of the Tagoro brothers and how their presence will make things 100 times more complicated. Uh, Tarukane takes the Tagoro brothers down to a zoo of genetically modified demons. <laughs> he tests younger Tagoro's skills by having him fight and kill his own pet monster named Helen. So, That's so sad! Her name's Helen. I wonder if she's bl- blind and deaf. I, I don't know, but in the U.S. version, oh Helen Jesus, Helen. oh my God! It I took have me a so second. Many Fuck. Bad Helen Keller jokes. Like, how does Helen Keller not? She didn't. See oh, you all should stop now. <laughs> uh, but in the U.S. version, uh, she's a she's said to be a human creation created through black market engineering. In uh, Japanese slash Latin American, uh, we got her from the Middle East and feed her live tigers and lions. What? She's indeed <laughs> a masterpiece of abnormal genetic manipulation. I don't know why they have to feed them live tigers and lions, but maybe it's like because she does, she gets bored if she doesn't have to kill them or something. I, I don't like know. I like how they specified the Middle East. Yeah. As like, <laughs> this is where they come. Maybe, is it really, too, is there a Middle Eastern monster? Is she kind of looks like a chimera without like some Ooh, of the details. That's a great horror movie title. The Middle Eastern Monster. <laughs> That sounds like it'd be borderline racist. <laughs> it is? Oh. Or, or maybe it's a thing about like, oh yeah, this is about politics in the Middle East. Uh, he bets that Tagoro, you know, won't fight Helen, which would allow him to drive down the price to all of them. Uh, but, you know, Tagoro says he doesn't want to do it. But then... <laughs> know, no, no, no. But, so Tagoro says he doesn't want to do it, and then, you know, Tarukane's like, hell yeah, I can charge them whatever the fuck that... I, I can make them not have nearly as much pay anymore. Fuck it. But Tagoro then enters the room, which, for a while... I think there's a continuity error here because Sakashita was like standing in front of the door that has a gate code on it. But then when they flip to the opposite angle where Tagoro is entering this gate code protected door, Sakashita is nowhere to be seen, implying that Tagoro knew the gate code. So I just think there's a bad continuity error there. Yeah, I had that same issue today. <laughs> but uh, I think one of the notes I said someone put GMO monster, and I think that's not a really nice word. I think the term is bow. Oh god. God damn it. That's a that's a Resident Evil uh reference. Yeah, cuz instead of saying like, "Oh yeah, these are genetically modified monsters." They're like, "They're bows." The what does that stand for again? Bioorganic weapons. Yeah, it's so it's so stupid. Or like the daddy thing or <laughs> the daddy thing. What? I don't know what you're talking about. Like the one one game where they have like little like genetically modified little girls. Oh, you're talking about oh, big Bioshock. daddies. Yeah, yeah big daddies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so <laughs> But yeah, Tagoro says he doesn't want to do this, but in the US version says, of course, with my job, I do many things I do not enjoy. And in Japanese, he says, despite how it may look, I am quite fond of animals. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Uh, You know, he says, I'm a very untalented apparition. The only thing I can do is manipulate my muscles like this. And to which he then, like, starts concentrating his key into his muscles and gets Dragon Ball Z style bigger. I was thinking, like, Anchorms from Spongebob. Uh, yeah, blows up his arms. Yes, of course. So he starts. He starts fighting Helen and says, "You know, in the Japanese version, don't resent me. Resent your master who put me up to this." 
Or in the U.S. version, don't blame me. Blame the science that created you and made me kill. What? Yeah. What does that imply? I don't fucking know. Like that he was an experiment too. That sounds like Well, I mean, he... Spoilers, he is an experiment. Um, But Taguro turns out to be OP as fuck. And he sucker punches a hole right through Helen, killing it in seconds with just 30% of his strength. I like how you're just calling her Helen. Like, ah, Helen. Water, Helen, water. <laughs> the thing I like the best. <laughs> the miracle worker. <laughs> okay, so this episode is going to be called Tell uh, You Hoppy Show The Miracle Worker Part 2. I'm super down for what you just said. Uh, so, basically, one of the things I, I want to imply to Joe that he said he just blew a hole in him. No, he cut her in half with her fist. Yeah. That was not a blow a hole. That's like cutting her in half by punching her. Yeah, like, that you know. Like, what the hell? In Fist of the North Star, when people get punched and explode in blood, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, pressure and she. In this, straight up, he, like, razor cuts her in half. It's like that punch is like. Phew. Yeah, Taguro's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, Taguro is not happy. Like, he basically takes the body and just throws it around the room and throws it against the wall. And is notably not happy about doing this and apologizes to Helen, even though she's very clearly fucking dead. <laughs> um, in the US version, he says, Not even the best of contracts justifies killing as cruelly as I have just done. I apologize to this creature. But then why does he do. Never mind. I mean, money. we'll find out more later, won't we, maybe? Maybe he's like a sick kid or something. Yeah, that's it. It's like, can't get the muscles. In Japanese, he says, It still costs a life for no purpose, it pains the heart. I'm, I'm more concerned about, I mean, how much did he pay for that thing? He's like, yeah, just kill it. I don't care. I mean, so... I mean, he has, like... I mean, I guess he has the money made... Was it a billion yen per tier or something? Was like? it? Yeah, he's, he's revealed later to have assets worth as much as the GDP of Japan. So I think he can afford a genetically engineered monster. <laughs> Is he Jeff Benzos or something? He yes. like, mentioned that he couldn't control her. So, like, yeah. he was kind of useless. They keep her in that cage because he's like, yeah, I meant to fucking use her as a weapon, but she just kills shit, so we Oops. keep her in this weird room. <laughs> Okay, so Turgene is shook by all this. Like, he's like, oh my god. And so basically, he then calls his butler to call up the Black Black Club in the English version. Basically, a bunch of rich guys and wanting to turn everything into a gambling bet. Um, in the Japanese version, Tugoro's like, you're not gonna die well. And then or that, yeah. And yeah, he, he basically, like, because, like, Tarukane basically says, like, yeah, I'm going to fucking rip off my friends. Yeah. <laughs> also, I put a note on here. I put Pokemon for millennials. I thought it said millennials, it's millionaires. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was like, what? Yeah. She's like, she's like a little Pokemon thing. <laughs> so, basically, the bet is the Tagoro brothers plus their gang or goons versus the intruders, Yusuke, and friends. Um... The bets is that all his Hiroseki jewels, um, half of his fortune, think, and then that's what Turukane bets, and thinking he has the, the, he has the upper hand since he witnessed Tuguro's strength firsthand, and like Tuguro's just like judging him from the side as like he's placing these bets. Um, then we go back to Yukina's room. Um, she chases away the lives of her bird friends so that they're safe. Sad face. <laughs> Sad face. <laughs> and we then cut back to our fave trio, Yusuke, Botan, Kuwabara, um, as they're facing off, like, a bunch of different trespassers and traps. Botan even gets, like, trapped by the web of this spider demon, and Kuwabara saves her by cutting up the web, saying, nothing's getting in the way of saving Yukina. 
<laughs> um, so I this this demon I forget the name. Is it like uh, Joro Gumo or something like that? I thought it was just nameless. No, 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 no. They don't say it in the episode, but I think this is a traditional demon uh, whose name I think is like a pun on the phrase horse fighter because yeah, no, their traditional depiction are women who like get guys to like leave their like group or like it's just like oh yeah you want to have a fun time and then they turn into oh, a like fucking a spider yeah Damn, they turn into a fucking spider and kill them so <laughs> last week it's interestingly enough in japanese and english they use a woman's voice in latin america i don't think they were aware of this context so it's definitely a man and not only is it a man but he has a northern mexican accent so it straight up sounds like hey hey yeah he's <laughs> like yeah, like, yeah he's like a sonoran <laughs> accent and i'm just like Holy shit, a Nortenio dude well, is just trying to Japanese fuck these guys, sound, I guess. The Japanese won't sound like a guy as well. Uh, At least that's the way I interpret it. I, I interpret it as like, so oftentimes in like Japanese depictions of like monsters, they're like, oh yeah, we'll make the voice sound sort of like intergender. Mm-hmm. While like in the Latin American version, it was very clearly a dude. <laughs> I got you. That, yeah. That's probably what I, was, that's what I probably meant. Yeah. It, sound like, it sounded like it was ambiguous. Yeah, so it was kind of interesting. Um... But yeah, so the spider is the spider is surprised that the two of them are able to sort of fight with uh, fight with her. Says you can't possibly be human. I remember this line very well because it was used in a bunch of promotional material for Yu Hakusho on Toonami. Yeah, like they straight up like would cut to that scene, and then I think Yusuke would be like, "Yup," and then they would cut to another thing. <laughs> you know, fucking Toonami promos. Well, that cool dr- uh, was it drum and bass? Yes, exactly. Of course, <laughs> I love the I love the drum and bass promos. That's yeah. what got me into it. It's so good. You know, Tom too, just being like, "Yeah, watch Yu Hakusho." Today at six. Yeah. Oh, oh man, I had a crush on that robot. Wow. God. Um, I can't judge. But anyways, so uh, I did watch a Breadface earlier. So like, <laughs> anything other than I kind that. of have a crush on Breadface. Oh no, she dope. She dope. Though. Yeah, Wait, but did, uh, cool. Wait, did you guys ever have crushes on robots? I'm just curious. Uh, no, you're Tom. What about you, Joe? I don't. I don't think so. I like that robot from Big O. Dorothy? Yeah. Okay. At first I think you meant the giant robot. I'm like, why? That too. Dorothy's kind of cool, but she's very much... You've seen Blade Runner, right? Yeah. I mean, she's just Rachel. Doesn't matter. Okay. Um, but yeah. So, Kuwabara says, yep, we're just really tough humans. Yusuke then says, pardon me if I make this quick and exterminates the spider with... Does he use shotgun? I thought he, like, punches through her thorax. I think she. I think he used the shotgun. I think he punches through her thorax because then she just like rides on the ground with his hole in her. Oh, I guess so. Yeah. They been, they they went from like regular high school students to straight up murderers. Yeah. To be fair, I mean they're gonna kill them. But... Hey, but they're defending themselves. <laughs> That's what they all say. Does it count if you're like killing ghosts though? Can you kill a ghost? Like I mean. Like, I know yokai are just, like, spirits, so... No, you, you can kill them, because they, they will end up going to the afterlife as well. Um, they just as... go to the double afterlife? I think... I mean, if they don't go anywhere, they're I still dead, right? I think the term apparition, because that's mostly used for in the English version for, like, I think... Sometimes they'll describe a demon as an apparition, yeah. sometimes they're a demon. I think mm-hmm. it's just... With Yukina, they wanted to kind of portray her as something nicer because, like, yeah. for now, still, like, demons are bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. At least. <laughs> Anyways, ah! uh, yeah, so uh, in the spirit world, Kurama shows up, and I, I do think you're right, though. Um, in Spirit World, Kurama shows up and informs Koenma that he couldn't find Hiei after he delivered the tape to Yusuke. What the fuck did you think was going to happen? Um, Koenma figures Hiei would find out eventually. 
no, none of this was done well. Um, George asked why they're keeping it a secret from him, to which Koenma explains that if Hiei would have killed everyone in the mansion and killing, that human, like, Hiei would kill everybody, and killing humans is a big no-no regardless of the reason, which sort of gives you a glimpse into the unfair nature of spirit world justice that will be elaborated on later in the series. But Yusuke could do it, though. Well, yeah, Yusuke is given permission because he's a state actor, because this is a fucking terrible fascist <laughs> monarchy. And that he's killing demons. Who are second or third class citizens, frankly. <laughs> we need an apartheid. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no. I mean, Yu Hakusho eventually becomes a discussion about apartheid later, but yeah. Uh, Kurama is confident that Hiei will work with Yusuke, uh, and he'll get punished too if Hiei kills any humans. You know, Kuwema tells him that, yeah, uh, Kurama, you're gonna get punished too, and then Kurama's all of a sudden like, aha! Ooh. <laughs> Oof. So, uh, Hiei has a dream uh, about it. Like, so Hiei stops, like, where the other two are setting up camp and basically decides to sleep in the tree above them, which they never notice for whatever reason because he's stealthy as fuck. And he has a dream about his Jagan eye surgery because, as elaborated on earlier in the series, his third eye is not a natural one. He got it through surgery. But um, they very clearly do not use anesthesia. And uh, Sarah wrote, Guess the Hippocratic Oath doesn't mean shit to demon doctors. <laughs> What's interesting is, I won't elaborate on this, but Hiei in this dream totally misremembers how this dude's face looked. Um, yeah, weird, right? Um, so in the US version, this person who's unnamed at this point says, everyone screams, the question is what you will say. Uh, and so the basically this like giant uh, flesh octopus scalpel thing that's on top of the machine starts getting lowered towards Hiei's face and is like going to cut him to insert the eyeball. That also is also really unnecessary. Everything's like, super <laughs> vaginal in this in flashbacks, I guess. Oh, man. But uh, yeah, so he wakes up right as the blade is about to make contact with him and realizes that uh, Kuwabara and Yusuke have moved on and that he overslept effectively. My, my favorite thing though is that he, uh, he yells her name and they oh, don't hear oh, her. Oh yeah. They're like, ah! Yukina! Yukina! And they're like, they just like walk away. I didn't even hear him. Yeah. Someone said, like, do you hear something? And oh, yeah. Like, oh, okay. They were just like, nah, I didn't hear that. I mean, you definitely heard that guy. He's like five feet away. Yeah, they were close yeah. enough that it was like impossible they wouldn't hear it. <laughs> that sounds like somebody we know. Oh, well, let's keep going on. Yeah, fuck it, I guess. Okay, so we go back to the mansion and Turukane FaceTimes or whatever the 90s equivalent of what that would be, the <laughs> Black Black Club, and starts the betting game. So. I keep I keep thinking BBC the other time. I imagine it was like, <laughs> everyone's British with like big cigars. Oh man, uh, just a bit on the strong. So also mate. the black black club. No one's actually black, so there's there's that. Yeah, yeah. it's like double underground. Like there's a black market and there's the black the black black, black, black market. market. It's like the small little yeah. convenience store where they sell. Like, the third beer. layer is where they are actually black. The black 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 market. <laughs> but so yeah, the the game is the demons versus the intruders. Uh, Tarukane basically sets it up where, from that war chest we talked about earlier of the hero stones and all the other stuff, he'll pay double what they bet in the event that they win because he thinks he has so much better knowledge about what's going on. So he's manipulating the bets to his advantage. Uh, and Toguro mentions to Tarukane, uh, you know, after seeing that the boys are able to defeat these guys, rumors that he had heard about two human boys defeating Rando and the Saint Beast. And, uh, he's, he's like, I'm like 99% sure that these are those boys. They them boys. And <laughs> he says they them boys. And it's, they to and he, and it's very weird. Yeah. Yeah, and then he has a self-realization that he's in a shown in anime and decides, okay, I think I put my money on them and just always win. Yeah. Which he does. 
So, uh, you know, the, for the first bet, uh, Tagoro's 12 defenders versus the intruders, with the majority of the Black Black Club betting on the demons, because, like, to their knowledge, like, they, they're like, well, no humans could fucking stand up to this. And so only Sakyo bets on the outsiders and even doubles the wager. But also, think about it this way, like, doesn't it all seem super, like, sketchy that, like, the guy who's like, you know what, we're gonna, we're gonna make a bet. Here, like, let's see if these kids can make it through, like... As a criminal, wouldn't you like, that sounds like a bad bet to me. <laughs> I do think it's very weird how, like, these guys who are supposed to be seasoned criminals and seasoned gamblers don't take into the fact, like, why is this guy calling us? Like, yeah. there's gotta be a fucking reason. Because the other reason these dudes get together, like, this will be revealed later, these guys are the head committee of the Dark Tournament. Like, these guys are literally all shown to be members of the Dark Tournament committee later. And, like... That's, like, the time they get together to bet, and, like, it's fairer. Like, they each at least have some, like, some symmetrical knowledge of shit. In this case, it's just, like, why are we getting together to bet on this? Because you're obviously going to rip us off, because this is totally unscheduled and came out of fucking nowhere. Uh, like, aha, silly, silly. Like, that's my favorite thing is that the, the guy, the, the guy that's organizing it, the, the giant saggy guy, he doesn't realize that he, <laughs> he doesn't sell it. Like, he wants to get their money, so he's saying, oh, we're going to die, we're going to horribly kill. And it's like, okay, we'll just bet against against the kids. But he's, like, not realizing he should sell it to where, oh, the kid's going to, like, the most powerful, so put the money on them so he can get all the money. Basically, what we're saying is this is a very simplistic idea of what betting is like. <laughs> yeah, they're not doing it right. Like, he's not selling it right. I'm surprised he didn't think, oh, man, you know, I'm going to lose so much money. They should have consulted with, like, Don King or I something. Mean, the odds are really bad. Like, yeah. They're just, they're just really bad. If, like, half of them pick one person, half of them pick the other, like, the dude would be really down on money. Like, it just... Yeah. The math doesn't work out None of the, the, Like, <laughs> it, his system only makes sense if he gets to choose the betting direction and people decide whether or not to ante up. But guess what? He doesn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Casino 101. Yeah. Very poor gambling. Yeah. All his money. I don't know how this guy made this money, actually. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of stupid. So. Yeah. I and mean, they said in the beginning, they just got the tears... For five years, for a billion yen, you made me cry once a day. Well, apparently, That's it was like a big crime lord before that, too. Actually, but like, no. Wasn't it the first time she really cried was like when they killed the birds, right? No, she had cried before that, but they uh, mentioned she that stopped. she had cut it off. Uh, also, I just remembered something. 90 episodes from now, they're going to discuss that Tarukane was still doing shit 10 years earlier. Like, they mentioned him in like an off comment. Like, oh yeah, when Tarukane was younger. <laughs> Like, who's that again? Yeah. Is it a flashback episode when they run out of material? No, it's actually a flashback episode that turns out to be hyper important, but like Tarukane is just a side piece of it. Gotcha. He's a side piece. He's Damn. Oh, God. Uh, but yeah, so the. Uh, where the fuck were. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Sakyo bets, you know, doubles the wager against him. Tarukane is fucking shook. There's a lot of shook going on. Uh, gets even more shook when Yusuke and Kuwabara take down six demons like it's nothing. Kubar has the power of love on his side. Just look at his headband. So he <laughs> fucking materialized... Like, they don't ever discuss how this happened, but he ends up finding a domon that, like, has some kanji on it. I didn't read what it said. He probably uh, bought it at the gift store. I mean... Yeah, the... Two, there's a long bus The mansion in. gift store. Usually they make them. Yeah, yeah. But he... In the English version, at least, he described it as materializing out of his love. And I'm just like, man, that's weird. For, like, a number of reasons. Yeah, in the Japanese version, I mean, they even must have stopped to go pee or, like, get some snacks or something. Yeah, and then he, he just, like, tore up a part of his shirt and fucking wrote Kanji on it. He's an expert calligrapher. I mean, they gotta show that it's the gift show. There. Yeah. Had paint. So the demon compass then shows signs of three very powerful demons approaching. But 
Botan scouts ahead as Yusuke and Kuwabara beat up the rest of the weaker demon guards. Uh, Turugane makes a second bet uh, regarding his next group of people, the people who are strongest with the exception of the Tsuguro brothers, the quote-unquote either the demon triad, the Sankishu, or Los Tres Demonios. Uh, I like the last one. Yeah, <laughs> one more time, Joe. For the I, I think Los we, tres demonios. I think we need to edit some Spanish guitars on here. I'm trying to say <laughs> I'd be super down, dude. That'd be an awesome lucha like trio. Los tres demonios. I, I know that it wasn't. I think El Demonio Azul was like a really big luchador back in the day. So maybe he had two demon buddies at some point. But anyways, speaking of three demon buddies, uh, the, this Triforce uh, is comprised of Miyuki, which means ogre of enchantment. Inmaki, Concealed Demon Ogre, and Goku Monkey, Hell's Gate Ogre. Like, uh, he looks like an Oni plus like a Tengu, I guess you could say. He's got a killer stash, though. Yeah, he does have a killer stash. He, it's interesting because, uh, I, is, is Goku Mon, like, uh, Hell, or is it Goku, I forget. Mon is Gate. Oh, okay, that's why it's Hell's Gate Ogre. Yeah. Yeah, so, Goku, depending on what. No, 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 it's. No, so Some Goku actually, no. Let, let me explain. So, depending on what characters you write Goku with, it can mean different things. So, in this case, it's like hell or like related to something like that. But in the case of Goku's name, it's a direct translation of the Chinese uh, Wukong, which means awakened to emptiness. Yeah, because it's a Buddhist concept, and so Wukong became Goku, and so Son Goku is like monkey awakened to emptiness. About right. Yeah, emptiness. Specifically, anyone who knows you know history and uh, etymology is better than me. Journey to the West. Yes, exactly. Journey to the West. It comes back again. Um, but everyone, every anime references that. <laughs> but <laughs> everyone but Sakio bets hundreds of millions on Tarukane's men. Sakio then says, "You know what? Fuck it. Billions on Yusuke." <laughs> <laughs> Tarukane is obviously pissed. <laughs> See, he's like, "How did I fuck up this betting system?" <laughs> Megan, were you gonna say something? No, I just, like, I feel like at this point, you should cut your losses and be like, he gets the game, dude. Yeah. Like, he understands. No, what's especially weird is, like, there's definitely a, a, a matter of, like, bravado and, like, oh, yeah, I gotta go through with this. Because I think one of the, at least in the English version, one of the people says something to the effect of, like, according to the Black Black Club's bylaws, you literally cannot turn down a bet if you are able to pay it out. And I'm just like, one, why did you all sign up for this? <laughs> yeah. And two... Dudes, other than um, other than Sakyo, yeah, well, yeah, like the other four dudes are like, haha, I lost three hundred million dollars or three hundred million yen. That's the fastest money I ever lost. Haha, let's do it again. <laughs> yeah, these dudes are these dudes clearly have more money than anyone needs. Um, do they all have tier maidens that give them lots of money? No, they're all they're all like crime lords and stuff. And again, you'll find out more about some of these dudes in the next season. Um, they all make money through effectively trafficking demons and like hosting this giant tournament called the Dark Tournament where like people bet on demons and such. You're supposed to make money. You can't advertise that on CNN, can you? You can. So basically, demons attend it, like, and they pay because, like, while some demons are like slaves or indentured servants, mm-hmm. other demons are free people. Well, I don't know why you just doesn't make it open to the public. You can make lots of money. Uh, so sorry. The public doesn't have that kind of money to attend this gruesome stuff. Rich people. Well, I mean, they like you... weird shit. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like think of like those kink clubs or whatever. Like oh, like season three. <laughs> or, you, like, or like I was thinking more like uh, like never mind. I don't want to go into that. Rich people, according to anime, like to watch people and other things suffer. So <laughs> yeah, of course. But yeah, so uh, you know. 
a Botan flies up into the air to get a better look about like what's coming up, and then the whole forest surrounding the mansion fucking blows up. <laughs> I hate when that happens. Yeah, and like, so the dudes in the Black Black Club are like, yo, what the fuck is going on out there? Did a war start? And uh, Tarukane just says, oh, those guys must have discovered my landmines. Ha 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 ha. Yeah, he's just like, you know, straight up normal shit. Just Tarukane things. And like, and like, I'm very confused about this because like, if that had been what had killed them, who gets the money? I guess like, technically- I mean, technically he does because the demons, I mean, they lost, they died. The demons beat them, they just go over, kick them. We I don't know. think that's how that works. Well, I think this would have become a court case. Well, you, you gotta look at it this way. He bet that they were going to lose, that the demons would win. And technically, they win if they don't verse them. I, I don't have a strong enough opinion about this. I just want to open up that question because I'm just like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Well, all I can say is that Yusuke and his friends end up don't not minding. Yeah. But yeah, so... Uh, Kurbara and Yusuke, like, you know, Botan thinks the worst, but then all of a sudden, in the most badass shit on the planet... It, amongst this giant fire that's like overtaking the entire forest, Kuwabara and Yusuke just walk out covered in like a spirit bubble that's like fucking Dragon Ball Z style charging around them. And like they're just like, yeah, it's whatever. Because <laughs> like they've legit, this entire saga is about them being too badass to die. And like the explosion happened behind them, so they're walking away from an explosion now. Everything is just like, wow, y'all are really building these two up, huh? So they finally uh, reach the mansion and are greeted by Miyuki. And thus the episode ends. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, I think this was at the point where Toonami had changed its schedule to be like, yo, we're going to show episodes of the show every day as opposed to once a week because I think it had moved from Adult Swim to for sure on, uh, you know, regular Toonami now. And so that might be the big difference. Yeah. Are we sure we didn't copy the date again? No, 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 no. Okay. I just want to make sure. This one's fine. Yeah, this one's fine. I gotcha. That's, I kind of forgot because I was thinking when I was a kid, I was like, did I really wait a one week every time I wanted to see a show? When it was on oh, Adult no, Swim, like, you did. But like when it moved to Toonami, they started doing that. But then they would repeat the se- I think they then repeated the first 25 episodes twice or something before oh, yeah, going before to the next knew, one. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. they'd always do that where they restart and say, like, oh, we gotta watch it again. Yeah. Like, how many times did Dragon Ball Z go through the Frieza saga until they started adding extra shit? Way too many times. I literally forgot that, like, we couldn't do things on demand. Like, you'd have to wait a week, or, like, if you didn't see an episode, well, tough luck, you're gonna have to wait, like, three more weeks. In some ways, that made, like, it... That's made the culture around shows better. Yeah. Because I liked having to, like, deeply analyze things as opposed to just being able to see this thing, like, immediately. Whenever you want. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. But, um, yeah, so... Um, basically what happens is episode Yusuke and Kuwabara take on Yuki, Imaki, and Goku Monkey, known as the Triad, as the underworld gamblers eagerly watch the outcome of their bets. Welcome to the most problematic episode of Yu Hakusho. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely doesn't hold well to current day. <laughs> it's like, what is it called? Does it hold up or doesn't, um... It just... 
It culturally doesn't hold up. I, w- I was gonna say I think the episode plot holds up, but that like the politics of it are really f- fucking weird now. Like, there's a lot of things like the Me Too, like yeah. gay rights, like everything. Well, I mean, even the last one, they're being super sexist. But I mean, I know they're criminals, but still. Well, I was gonna say yeah. In that case, like those were literally like you're not supposed to identify with these people. These people suck. And yeah. this one, it's like these are our heroes, and they're gonna be a bit weird yeah. about transgender rights. <laughs> Yeah, yeah so it's they're like human rights in general. Yeah, like, well, doubly, that, doubly. Welcome to anime. <laughs> welcome to <laughs> well, the be, human rights thing. Though, Yusuke just wasn't good at the beginning. I mean, he groped Keiko or like lifted up her skirt. That's true. That's true. Yeah, like this is the one time it called back to that that kind yeah. of like, pervy attitude. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, that's true. This is like one of the only times. I guess there's like one part during the dark tournament too. Yeah. yeah. So it kind of is a little consistent. It's just it's not the focus. It's yeah, like, it's not like Master Roshi shit. Yeah. Where he's like a terrible he's sex criminal. He's literally a pervert. Like. Yes. But yeah, so the episode begins with Miyuki confronting the gang and challenging them to a fight. Kuwabara refuses, saying he can't fight girls since it's against his code. Miyuki calls that discrimination. <laughs> but like, actually, though. <laughs> so, Yusuke tries to look pretty good by stating that he's an equal opportunist and will accept any challenge, regardless of who it comes from. It only goes downhill from here. <laughs> and, like, and, like, that seems promising. Like, yeah. Uh, it's like, uh, hey, yeah, maybe maybe this will be okay. I, I think I got a, a way to beat Kuwabara 100% effectively. Step one, be a woman. There you go. <laughs> there you go. He'll let him beat you up. Does Kuwabara fight a woman at any point during the series? I'm trying to remember. I can't think of a single instance. No, I think he, he's pretty adamant with his code. Like... But is there a time where he's even confronted with it? I can't there, even yeah, remember. Yeah, oh, there will be in the dark oh. tournament. I'm pretty sure. Oh, I just don't remember. I mean, I, I believe you. I just don't remember. I think so yeah. Anyway, but yeah, Kulvara is super strict about his code of ethical punks and so on. And basically, the fight begins, and um, both Yuki and Yusuke jump to attack each other, but no blows are landed. And then all of a sudden, Miyuki calls out Yusuke calling him a perv while Yusuke says, now he knows, or now I know. Yeah, now I know. Yeah. In the English, in the the Japanese one, he just said, said, how do you just honor me? And I I was confused for a second, then I thought about it. Yeah. It left it really a little bit more obscure what he did Mm -hmm. during that. Yeah. So uh, Miyuki then pulls a Sun Wukong and pulls out one hair and turns it into a whip. Slash rope slash dagger at end of whip, and uh, he strang- she strangles Yusuke, uh, declaring that he never would have done that if she was a man. And Botan's like, "Done what?" Kuwabara realizes that Yusuke copped a feel and reprimands him. <laughs> like, I think I like turned away and like from this point of the episode, and I looked back, and all it was was Yusuke like straight up going for the tip and then straight up going for the crotch, and I was like, "What is that?" Like. Oh, did you not remember this episode? No, I had no, I forgot about this entirely. I was like, what? This fight then gets uh, really dirty in a like non-sexual way. Like Miyuki tries hanging Yusuke from inside. <laughs> like she busts into the ceiling, which is kind of cool, and then tries hanging Yusuke. That's where <laughs> this fight's going. He uses this to his own advantage, uh, swinging back and forth and like swinging through the ceiling and nailing Miyuki with a punch to the chest. Uh, Kuwabara yells at Yusuke for going too hard and hitting her, quote-unquote, in the tatas. <laughs> in the tatas. Very eloquent Kuwabara is. 
yeah, so voice of his. <laughs> Yusuke uh, punches her in the boobs and then stomps her through the roof because they're in the ceiling right now. Yusuke then spin kicks her through a wall, uh, at which point her rear end is towards them and she is wearing a quite revealing skirt. Uh, we can't see this as the audience because it's away from us, but it's towards the others. And uh, Kubara, you know, gets very mad at Yusuke and challenges him to a fight for hurting women so much. Because, you know, all women are queens. And... <laughs> yes, <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> Yusuke reveals uh, that Miyuki is uh, transgender. Apparently he, quote-unquote, checked first. Uh, in the U.S. version, he says, it doesn't matter even if she is, even if she was a woman. While in Japanese, he says, I held back it's at first. extra, extra sexist on the layers of My favorite, my favorite thing he's like, holds it up is, is like, I, f- I found the goods. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That was like so fucking No, no. What? Wait, is that what he said in Japanese? Because it's, like, it's like something about the goods or something. Oh, in the English like, version, he says, the royal jewels are still intact. Oh, my God. It's like, I found the goods. I forgot, I found the goods or I found the stuff. I forgot what it was. Yeah, but, uh, it's... No, she was equipped. She was equipped. That oh, was she's her. equipped. She's equipped. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you, you know, Yusuke finally beats Miyuki with one last attack, knocking her out. Oh, yeah, yeah, so Miyuki, like, says, you know, this is all discrimination, which, this seems like a very weird parody or very hateful misunderstanding of feminism. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, Yusuke then knocks her out and says, uh, quote-unquote, either go the full way or don't do it at all. Oh, my wow. God. Which is... So, let me just clarify, that in 2003, that was probably vaguely progressive in the idea of, like, oh, yeah, I can totally accept if you go the full way, but now it's just like, yo, dog, anything in between is cool, too. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So, the Latin American dub, not to be outdone, does something even fucking weirder, because right after he says, either go the whole way or don't do it at all, in the Latin American version, Miyuki responds, you're right. Wow. And then passes <laughs> And then passes out. What the fuck? So, Kubara then says he's gonna check himself, uh, but Bodon hits him in the head before he, like, you know, fucking... See, Bodon... Paul's a pervert. Yeah. yeah. Bodon's the real hero here. Like, let's be real. Yeah. Okay, let's break this down real quick. Um... You're right. You're right, one. Yes. No, man. <laughs> Two, like, I guess... One, it was 1993, but, like... Oh man, this is mm. <laughs> like in the fact like if he was wrong about it. What? How did he like think? He's like, oh, maybe she's a man. Like deep I, down under there. I think he just wanted. I maybe my interpretation from it was like, I think he noticed something off, and he just wanted to double check. <laughs> Those boobs are too firm. Yeah, he quite literally double check. So that's my interpretation. But I know I've like read somewhere that he legitimately thought. He's a girl, but he felt bad, so that's why he checked. I don't know. It, it's all kind of convoluted. It's like, if he was wrong, then he just groped a random lady mid-battle. If he's right, he still groped, he still groped yeah. a, a lady mid-battle. So, but like, I mean, it wouldn't be out of character for you to do that in the first place. But, like, yeah, I guess. But has he ever been that weirdly, like, creepy toward anyone but Keiko? No. Yeah. It's just Keiko. It's just I, Keiko. Has yeah. he fought? Has he fought a, uh, a woman before? I, I don't think. So. I don't think so. Because that's why I'm thinking is that maybe it's something that you know he would do just to throw her off. So like, I think the only good thing I can say is I think Yusuke would legitimately have given a fair fight to a woman, but <laughs> none of the rest of this was cool. <laughs> yeah, because like he really says like, oh well, I don't care if you're a woman or yeah. a man, and then proceeds to grope. Them, like and check it out yeah, yeah. Like, it's, 
It's an interesting dynamic. Like, I think I he needs to grow up a bit. Yeah. And he is 14. Yeah. Boys will be boys. Yeah. I threw up a couple times just now. <laughs> but yeah, so one triad member down, two more to go. This gives Sakyo two, Tarukane zero. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, they continue on as Koenma and George watch them from the spirit world. Koenma is about to chow down on a, a sugar-coated strawberry rice cake. This is the English version. I don't, I don't know what they said in Japanese. Uh, in front of the very hungry George. They make a bet on whether Yusuke and friends or the triad will win. Winner gets the royal treatment, i.e. the cake. This is just very, you know, just filler random crap. Like, oh yeah, here's peanut gallery stuff. So back at Tarukane's mansion, uh, Yusuke, Kuwabara, and Botan rush to save Yukina. Uh, we see Hie out in the forest looking for her too. Uh, he has a flashback to them as kids as he watches her uh, watches over her from a distance. He looks way older than her, even though they are literally twins. I have no explanation for this, like especially because like assuming demon biology is similar enough to human, you would think girls would hit puberty earlier than guys too. But it seems it didn't happen. Yeah. I forgot how short he was until he's standing next to Yusuke, but, like, he's pretty tiny, too. Yeah, I think he's, like, 4'10 without his hair or something. Oh, someone measured him out? Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that might have been, like, measured, one of those... Yeah, yeah like, because you know in manga how they have just, like, oh, yeah, here's a page about random he, bullshit. Oh, he's yeah, like, here's your blood type. Yeah. He likes long walks on the beach. Yeah. And also murdering people. He is blood type O because he's a dick. Or, <laughs> like, I... Yeah. It's like, will you date... Like, who's your favorite? Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, Japanese, Japanese fucking blood uh, phrenology style bullshit. I always love like they did that in, in My Hero Academia with the the bios. It's like with the between the this cuts. It's like this character likes oranges or likes air. They like something stupid. I always he love can those breathe. things. Yeah, in a lot of series, they're like the dumbest things. In a lot of series, like and here's an early design of them where they looked entirely different or like yeah. But you guys read manga, anyways. Read the manga. You mean manga? <laughs> yeah, manga. The mangoes. Where the fuck? Uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. so. Kubara suddenly pushes Yusuke and Botan away, barely avoiding them getting attacked by an unseen enemy. You know, he, this is kind of one of those, like, oh, fuck, the one who has more sense gets everyone the fuck out of the way. Uh, well, so this, this one ended a lot better than the one I watched. Are you thinking of JoJo? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Spoilers for season three of JoJo. But yeah, so his, uh, his headband gets fucked up, and, you know, he's obviously pissed off about this. The unseen enemy is Inmaki, who, in addition to being very fast has cloaking abilities, not only visually, but also his spirit sense. So, eat your fucking heart out, uh, fucking, um, who was that guy from the Genkai Succession tournament? Uh, Musashi. Eat your heart out, Musashi. This dude is way fucking cooler, I guess. Uh, so yeah. Uh, basically, they try running away, but the dude puts his cloaking back on and chases them down the hallway, and... Basically, I think Yusuke says something to the effect of, like, Botan, who's ahead, like, you know, like, turn turn down this corner or whatever, because they, like, want to go around a corner, and as soon as they get around the corner, Kuwabara, the only one who has, like, good enough spirit sense to kind of guess his location, yells, do it now, or, does he say do it now, or, like, what does he say? Like, go around. Yeah, go, do it. Come. Fuck. Yeah, don't come. Uh, and so Yusuke immediately does his shotgun, and like it doesn't matter if you can't see someone if you can literally fill the entire hallway's volume up with a bunch of like you know spirit energy. So they knock that dude out, and like it was a cool instance of both the two working as a team and also using their heads. It's uh, it goes along with the theme of like we're just gonna make these dudes look cool as fuck right now. But uh, you know, it goes back to George who reminds Koenma that if Yusuke wins, he gets the cake, uh, and if you. <laughs> They then say, quote unquote, if you go back on a bet, you have to swallow a thousand needles. Hey. Uh, 
So this is said in Japanese and the U.S. version. No, the Japanese version. He said that you have to go. To, you have to go to hell or something. You get punished in hell. Uh, I think it was still about the thousand. No, it was like you have to go to hell. You get punished. I can't remember exactly. It, what it, was. it might have been both, but the reason I'm saying that I think it was in both. Was because apparently this is a fucking thing yeah, in Japan. Um, I have a note on here, but I think Megan could probably explain it better. You don't have to read that. You can just tell us your thoughts on it instead. I'm probably going to read this because it's been... But like, I, I know I've heard of stuff like this, but we'll read it. So pinky swearing presumably started in Japan where it's called yubikiri, uh, finger cut off, uh, and often additionally confirmed the with the vow finger cut off 10,000 fist punchings, whoever lies has to swallow a thousand needles. Uh, Yubikiri genman uso tsutsitara hari senbon no masu. Like, so that was just the really bad Japanese reading of <laughs> what that said. But uh, the gesture may be connected to the Japanese belief that soulmates are connected by a red string of fate attached to each other by their pinkies. So, with the context, this makes a million times more sense than in the English version where as a kid I was like, why the fuck would you eat a thousand needles? Is that a Japanese thing? And I guess we confirmed, yes, it is. Yeah, I mean, kids will do it, like, and they'll say it, like, a lot funner. They're like, a thousand needles, pinch cut off, and they, like, they, uh, they, like, uh, move their hands up and down when they do it, when they do the pinky swear. Um, but it's really cute when kids do it. I didn't know, I actually didn't know that was, like, the actual translation. (laughs) Did you guys ever exploit the pinky pinky uh, swear where you like toss them? Like, I do it. No, like, I've than, never like, done like, this. Roll them over my shoulder. Jesus. Well, I didn't like throw like I like 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 when you I just drag like, someone miss- by their pinky. No, and like I miss my, like my friend. I do that and I like, like take his arm and like bend it. Oh, you're a cruel kid. We were friends. We're messing around. I can't tell you how many how many how much crap we got into. So speaking of finger injuries, like I heard. <laughs> Finjuries? Finjuries? Finjuries. I heard, like, if you wear a ring and, like, you can, like, literally get your finger cut, like, ripped off. Oh, yeah. You totally can. Yeah, I didn't know that until recently, so, like, now I'm scared to wear rings. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's the same reason people who, like, play rugby and stuff take out all their piercings. Oh, that I know. I ripped, actually, so I do jujitsu. Fun facts. I ripped out my, uh, jujitsu partner's, uh, nipple piercing. Yikes! Wow. And I didn't know this for a really long <laughs> Wait, is it, is it a male or female? My female, my female partner. Oh no! Um, we're, we're close for friends. Like, I love her. Hey, Amber, oh. ever listen to this? Uh, and she's pretty open with it, so I'm sure everyone, everyone knows her. Who knows? Like, it's fine. But like, I like we were changing one day. I look over and I'm like, Hey, like, why do you only have one? And she's like, Hey, remember like three months ago? And I was like, No, I don't. She's like, Well, you ripped it out. And I was like, Oh my god. She's like, I just want to tell you, you feel bad. I was like, Yes. I do I now. Feel, I feel horrific. I'm so sorry. Wait, so. wait, wait. Do, do you do you guys look at each other sits in the in the room? It, it depends on the person. Like, 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 those are real? Like, no. Like, like no, because like, like if the guy, I'm not even looking direction of any other. Even my friend. You're like, not even chatting. Like, like I, wait, I turn to talk to her, and I was like, oh, like. One of your nipple piercings is missing. Yeah, it's like a little, little. It's not like a ring. It's like a little bar right on her tit. So yeah, you won't say that to a stranger. Yeah. Like, oh, your nipple yeah. Piercing. Like, oh, why do you only have one? Like, we're friends. Friend. We're friends. We're close. I guess so. But I want to be more. Roommate. I think girls are more comfortable just looking at each other's bodies Maybe. and not in a creepy way, not like a. Yeah, wow. I think yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of like you know masculinities of prison shit going on right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but <laughs> I don't know, like. Sorry. Masculinity is a prison, y'all. Yeah. That's, uh, that's a pinky swear. Or your nipple ring will be pierced, like pulled off. Like. 
God. Hate this death is Joe. <laughs> All right, okay. Anyways, <laughs> so the gang continues on, but Botan suddenly gets caught by the last triad member who fucking busts through a wall. He's like, hey, here's Johnny. He picks her up. Uh, he uses Botan as a body shield so Yusuke and Kubara can't attack. Botan manages to break free uh, because the, the two, I think Yusuke basically says, like, Botan, put up your arms because he's holding her by her jacket and she just gets out. And the US version, Kubara and Yusuke in, in unison say, stupid. <laughs> And in the Latin American version, they say "tonto," which just means stupid. It's it's really cute. What do they Good do in the what's up? Good translation. What do they do in the uh, Japanese version? I don't remember. I asked in English. Yeah, but then they do a fucking big flying kick that sends Goku Monkey flying. Uh, apparently, oh no, they said yeah, they said "shonen jump." Yeah, in the Japanese version, it's very cute. The shonen jump. Yep. Yeah, young men, young men jumping. Also, the comic, uh, the comic <laughs> company. Jumping. Yeah, I, I thought that was kind of funny. Like, wow, can you make it a blatant call out the bad worst? That's my favorite part of the Twelve Days of Christmas. <laughs> Two men jumping. Jonin jump. <laughs> so yeah, it's three tribe members down. Uh, Sakio four to Rukune zero. That reminds me. I should probably get some. You know, I really wanted to get some of the older issues of Shonen Jump, the U.S. one. I have the first issue, but I'd like to get like, a full collection. You want the U.S.? I have a Shonen Jump for Japan, a recent one, if you guys want to check it out. Yeah, if you agree, size it's yeah, it's, It is intense. Yeah. They made that weekly now, right? Or like mm-hmm. monthly? So. Yeah, I think I got the month. Oh, no, I got the weekly because like, the New York is... No. Because I remember they had to change it or something. Recently. In the States, they don't sell them anymore. Yeah, that bummed me out. Like, My- Shoujo, I, had show- I was subscribed to Shoujo Beat for years. Wait, so they had Shoujo Beat in the U.S.? Yeah, Shoujo Beat was really big in the U.S. Yeah, I'm sure Hannah knows, yeah. like... Because I know, I know they had Shonen Jump. Like, that was the big... I didn't know they Shonen had Jump that. and Shoujo Beat. Mm-hmm. Really? I nice. did not know that. I was unaware, but that's... I didn't... You didn't know about Shonen Jump? No, I knew about Shonen Jump. I didn't know about Shoujo... I mean, I... Yeah, growing up, I, like, didn't take as much interest in, like, women's stuff as I probably should have, just, like, Wait, to even Shoujo, understand. Wait, is, is Shoujo Beat a woman thing? Yeah. Yeah, Shoujo is girls. Yeah. So, the Shoujo like, was, girl, like, usually it was, young, like... Woman. Usually it was romantic, uh, romantic comedies were generally oh, like the, okay. the thing over there. Versus you know, Shonen Jump was your traditional Yu Yu Hakusho type. Mm-hmm. Naruto was on there a lot. Yeah. Yu Yu Hakusho wouldn't have been on Shonen Jump. Doctor Slump. When we were kids, but yeah, like Doctor Slump. Yeah, I, I, let's I go back to the eighties, y'all. Actually, I had the the first issue of Shonen Jump, and I remember it had like the, the U.S. version. Yeah, the Yu Gi Oh. They did have Yu Yu Hakusho. I remember that. Oh yeah, they had nice. Hikaru Nogo too. I think. Nice. They had some good stuff. I really want to get some back issues, just like. Binge that whole time. That could be cool. Yeah, so Tarukune is getting de- uh, in deeper shit as Sakyo wins another gamble in 55 million. I think this might have been billion at this point, but I forget. But uh, they place their final bets on the Tuguro brothers versus the intruders. Thinks they'll win for sure with Tuguro's strength. Uh, Sakyo sends a very threatening bet of 66 trillion 200 million on the intruders winning. You know, it, it was 22 trillion 350 billion in the, in the, dub, in the sub I watched in Japan. Oh, the, the Japanese sub, sorry. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. But so, uh, I think in the Japanese version, it might have been 72 trillion, 350 billion. It was yeah. 72, sorry. I, 72 think, I think they were just trying to fit mouth movements and stuff. In the Latin American version, they say the same as the US one, but I didn't know this, and I haven't confirmed, but the way they said it was mil billones, doscientos millones, which means like basically like a thousand billions, which is how you would. Uh, so, my guess, I do not have this, I do not know this for sure, but I feel that when you talk about monetary amounts, instead of using triones, 
use Milbiones or earlier when they were talking about oh, billions. Like yeah, earlier when they were talking about billions, they said Milbiones, which means I uh, know earlier when they were talking about billions, they said Mil Millones, which means a thousand millions. So I wonder if that's a monetary thing only, or if like you use it for the largest increment of the uh, amount of money to be discussed. But is that grammatically correct, though? Uh, I d- I don't know. I think this is like I mean, technically, when you talk about scientific numbers and not like uh, say money, I've always heard like triones, biones, miones. Mm-hmm. But like, I might just not have enough context that would to make really sense know. To, like, Demark just, that, yeah. yeah. It's interesting. Um, but yeah, I should have probably looked that up. But yeah, so basically, in response to this, one of the dudes in the Black Black Club says, that's more than any country's GDP. <laughs> like, in Japan, Yeah, in the sub they say it's like the, the, the GDP of the J- J- National Japan economy. The, the, sorry, the budget of Japan. Yeah, I think, I think they say something to the effect of like, that's more than Japan's national budget. Yeah, that's And then it. someone responds with, that's higher than any country's national budget. So basically, this would be all Turukane's properties, money, and the Hirosaki stones. So he's obviously rolling in dough. I have a problem with this. <laughs> because, like, even if he had this much money, Sakyo was only allowed to make this bet if he also had this much money. And they never questioned that Sakyo had this much well, money. He could have that much money, right? Well, he could, but they literally never made a point of being like, well, Sakyo also has this crazy thing that he does. I guess maybe they just didn't want to make... They didn't want to do any more... Um, what's that called? The thing where they, they tell you the plot point? Well, yeah, yeah. They, what's that called? Ex, ex, yeah, they probably didn't want to do exposition, but I also think probably it didn't occur to Tagashi, like, we should probably also demonstrate that this dude also has money. Well, this but, guy's been smart to begin with. He's been putting these bets and not selling it right. So. But they, they, they... Well, so with Sakyo, they made it sound like, oh, he's the new upstart, so, like, why would the new upstart have so much fucking money? That's, that's why I kind of wish they had had a line where they discussed, like, why this dude has money enough to make this bet. Yeah, it's uh, shown, so... Yeah. Because he inherited his money from his dead grandma. Moving on. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. His dead crime lord grandmother. <laughs> crime, crime lady, I'm sorry. Speaking um, of crime lord grandparents, like, I'm pretty sure my grandpa's in the mob. Anyway, continue. Wait, which one? <laughs> Do I have to cut this? The Filipino mafia. I don't know. I ask him all the time and he just laughs at me. And all right. Anyways, uh, Kuwabara, warrior of love, senses that Yukina's being moved, you know, which is confirmed by Botan's demon compass. He then somehow telepathically communicates with her. Uh, she tries to warn him to stay away for his own safety, which causes Kuobar to do the fall over and shock thing, you know, mm-hmm. in all anime, especially since the girl brothers are watching her. Uh, note, Kuobar says he can't feel their spirit energy, which Ooh, is really? eerie. Yeah, Kuobar has very weird, like, there are some times where, like, he can't sense things that other people, like, get, and I wonder how much of it is just, like, he has so much confidence in his reading of it that he doesn't try to read behind, like, the lines, between the lines of things. Mm-hmm. But he's just like, yeah, they must not be that strong if they're next to you and I can't fucking feel them. Well, be, well the thing was that the guy, didn't, the, the one brother, the older one, doesn't have that great power. It's like, you grab stuff. So, and the brother, though, he spoilers, he does. No, 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 he doesn't. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't. Well, I mean, I mean, in, in this, I mean, for the next episode, it's like, he does have the ability to transform, but, you know. yeah. But in this context, that's what I think. Same thing with the, the other brothers. Like he just increases body mass. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah. That could be their only powers. That's their only powers. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it. <laughs> so, as they're following the trail, they go through the house, and in the U.S. version, Yusuke says, Ooh, a basement. <laughs> Me. I don't know why they included this, because his mouth wasn't moving. He's just, like, faced away from the camera. They just I, I think it was just them being mischievous. 
But uh, Yukina is being held captive in a special room above where Tarugane is watching her rescuers face off with Tagoro. So um, Hiei finally reaches Tarugane's mansion, feeling an intense power from within. To which in the US version he says, I can't believe they would be here, because he instantly realizes it's the Tagoro brothers. In Japanese he says, what a powerful aura. You know, very, very anime line. And the Latin American version, so the way they show this physically, in addition to cutting the Tagoro brothers in for a split second, is they change the color of the sky to be dark for a while. In the Latin American version, he comments on this by saying, why did the sky get darker? <laughs> it's, it's like in a bridge series. <laughs> yeah. It feels very much like self-aware, but I'm not sure how self-aware it was. It's like a comment. Like, it was just a side note. Yeah. Like, a translator. Like, oh, why did this guy get dark? He's like, oh, do you want me to say dude, that? Just read the line. Okay, got it. Have you seen that clip of the dude from Hercules reading one of the things describing his actions as, like, he actually reads it? No. I think it says, like, yells angrily! And, like, he just yells that. And then, like, they're just like, cut, that's not at all the, the line. Have you done this before ever? Like... But yeah, so what were you gonna say, Patrick? What was I gonna say? Oh, I don't know. Oh, I was gonna say, is the is it like a lip flap thing? Like for maybe it's the same thing for the Latin American dub. I feel this was too fucking weird for that. <laughs> I feel like this was either a misinterpretation or someone having a fun time. Like, why maybe. did this guy get darker? Yeah, but uh, it's not even the same voice as usual. He a just a random other voice. That'd be amazing. But uh, yeah, Koema also seems to know the true power of the brothers, or at least have some idea about them. Um, and in Japanese, yeah, he says the Chiguro brothers, and in the US version just says both the brothers are here, because I think he was thinking it was only going to be one of them. But, uh, you know, kind of thinking like, oh, these guys are strong enough that only one of them could have fucking taken the two. But uh, only Yusuke and Kobara and Botan are in the dark of what the upcoming battle holds for them. It's weird to me that Botan wouldn't know, because these guys are kind of famous. I guess she just wasn't briefed enough on the mission, or like in general on some stuff. I feel like she's too busy trying to like shuffle people, or like what's the right word? Um, chaperone people to the spirit world. Yeah, I guess you're right. She wasn't really a Q type figure until recently, and before this, yeah, she was like someone who took people across to the spirit world. Mm -hmm. So she had a major promotion, it turns out. <laughs> But yeah, uh, final episode for today. Uh, Kuwabara's Fight of Love, a.k.a. Burn Kuwabara, the un underlying... Is that underlying or undying power of love? Underlying. Underlying. Okay. Underlying? That's, yeah. yeah. That's pretty overt, though. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's fine. So uh, the original air date in Japan, April 10th, 1993, and April 7th, 2003. Uh, in this episode of... You know, it's, uh, side note, let's actually... There's two days before my 11th birthday. Nice. Oh, and nice. the US, oh, I was like, how old are you? <laughs> it's like 93. But the funny thing is that the funny thing is that April seventh is in the U.S. That was that was my uh, my before my eleventh birthday. But April tenth is a day after my third birthday. Wow. Sorry, my fir my first birthday. Sorry, first birthday. See, I wasn't born when this came out in Japan, but I was like eight. Thanks for reminding me how old I am, y'all. Um, I think I'm the youngest here, right? No, me and you are just me. Dude. No, we're not. No, you're not. I'm ninety two. You're ninety two. <laughs> no, no, I was 19 years old. Sorry. Sorry. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm born in 92. Which yeah. Wow, that's not that stalking. Wait, you were born in 92? Oh, wow. For some reason, I thought you were much younger than my brother as opposed to near my brother's age. No, Sweet. 92 um, age I, represent. Yeah. yeah. I just held back in terms of grade. Oh, okay. I didn't make the cutoff. Oh, 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 so it was like one of those weird borderline cases. November 92? People send her stuff. Oh, please. <laughs> no, you don't send me anything. 
Send it back to 92, y'all. <laughs> Time capsulate in yeah. reverse. She finds out like that she got all these weird presents as a kid that had no explanation for it because like y'all <laughs> figured out time travel. Like, why do I have this photon plush? Yeah. <laughs> Who is this? What is photon? What is plush? It's like mom. It's like, it's Baby, like, don't hurt me. It's like mom. Don't why have this, why, why is this lady on the broom a plush in my room? Oh yeah. Oh my god. Um. Anyways, so. Uh, episode 25, uh, like, you know, the sort of synopsis of it, the previous demons were handled with relative ease, but against the Tsukuro brothers, Yusuke and Kuwabara find themselves outmatched. I think that's an understatement, frankly. I like, agree. they get their asses fucking kicked. <laughs> Sorry, what do you say, Anne? Also, no, I agree. They totally had no idea what they were up against. Oh, yeah, so the episode sort of opens with them going into this room that kind of looks like a big, like, how would you describe this place? Like, it looks like a place where you would test bombs. Yeah, yeah. It's um, kind of like this circular kind of like bomb shelter. Bomb yeah, shelter like concrete, steel, glass. All of, all the materials. Like, yeah. Like, why would a, why would you have this in a mansion? But then again, this is the same guy who has was well, like the bio monster. Yeah. <laughs> maybe yeah. maybe he, lab downstairs. <laughs> he probably intended to fucking have Helen kill people here, but he's like, well, I'll just stick her in this glass room instead. Listen, I, I don't understand. Why can't you just buy like a giant sound system or like some awesome speakers, like a studio room or like, you know, a band? What, oh, why can't it be as hobby? Bows and stuff. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. Like, I mean, is that, is like, do you get, like, so rich that you just get bored of normal people stuff? I mean, I think, so. I think <laughs> anime is trying to convince us of that, yeah. Uh, but yeah. Watch out for Jeff Benzos, guys. Yeah. He probably, so, he's probably has, like, a, all those bow demon things. <laughs> so yeah, Kubara seems to underestimate the Taguro brothers' strength and starts to charge in. Uh, but Yusuke stops him, saying that he feels something powerful within him. Uh, within Taguro, and uh, he's right. Uh, they're pretty fucking strong. This is one of those instances, like I was talking about, where like other people point out to Kubara, like, are you not noticing how strong this dude is, even though he technically has the highest spirit sense of, like, anyone in the crew? It's very weird. This happens a lot more in season three, too, for some reason. Um, but yeah, uh, Elder Taguro changes his body into the form of a sword, Elder Taguro being the Michael Jackson creepy dude, and younger Taguro starts to charge up uh, with an immense power. Uh, they describe Elder Taguro's power as quote-unquote battle-shaping uh, in the Japanese version. Uh, and the force of the energy conducted through him depends on whoever is using him, and because his brother is so fucking strong, this obviously means that his weapon form is going to be incredibly strong. Uh, so in the U.S. version, they explain, quote-unquote, my energy surrounds him and makes him invincible. The Taguro's truly fight as one. Taguro displays his power by just blowing Yusuke off his feet. And uh, before they know it, Taguro charges onto them and then knocks Yusuke, out, not out, more like down, and charges for Kuwabara, who unleashes his spirit sword and tries to block Taguro's brother sword. And uh, it's way too fucking powerful. And, like, basically Kuwabara is barely, barely able to block it and hold it still. And Kuwabara notices that Taguro is about to do a huge fucking uppercut and barely starts to move out of the way of a blow that if it hit him, like, directly, would have killed him instantly. Yeah, I was wondering about that, because, like, uh, like, I remember when Josuke got, uh, Yusuke, Josuke, <laughs> uh, that's gonna happen a lot, uh, when Yusuke got punched, he, he, like, swung back, was it Yusuke, was it, was it Yusuke, or was it, uh, was it Kuwabara that got punched, and he, like, he, like, he just, like, got injured because he jumped back? Oh, uh, it's Kuwabara who jumps back. I gotcha, so it makes me wonder, do you, is he fighting less than 30% in that case? Uh, oh, you mean, like, why wasn't he torn in half? Like, like, um, seriously, like, e- even, Yusuke had it, ha- it had to be less than 30% because it's like 
he would have gotten torn in half. It was like thirty. No matter what the punch was. I'm gonna put it out there. I don't think the percentages are consistent. <laughs> so oh, so it's it's another instance of shonen logic. Yeah, like well, of course there are some measurements that are consistent. Not this fight and not this time. It, yeah, because I was surprised that he didn't play with the percentages. Like oh, I'm gonna use a hundred percent of my power now, or I'm gonna. Put in all of it. Or Fuck like, it, man. 120. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. No, million percent uh, yeah. Detroit Smash. Yeah, Detroit Smash. It's going to happen. Uh, I hope the next big Smash Brothers tournament in Detroit is called that. I swear to God, if it doesn't, I'm going to ban you, though. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so... Uh, Yusuke sneaks around the side and then fires the fucking spirit gun at Taguro, who is then able to jump and avoid it because, you know, he's... Just so he's fast, strong, and like and a tactician, basically. Like the two, the two main characters are super fucking outclassed. Like these guys beat them on like everything. Even their teamwork is better. Um, Maybe but they are one. yeah, they are one. <laughs> uh, and so like as Tuguro is like flying through the air, Yusuke then decides to use the shotgun and like seemingly nails Tuguro. But like you see Tuguro do this thing where it's clear he's like focusing his energy into a shield in front of him and like flexing his pecs, I guess. And then, like, all the things just explode on him but don't do jack shit. And so he then lands and then just punches the shit out of Yusuke as he's, like, coming down. Uh, and basically the two of the, the two main characters feel like they can't fucking do anything against these guys. Yeah. Um, Yusuke thinks of a plan and charges for Toguro, but then quickly sidesteps and fires a full-powered spirit. Like, spirit? Was the spirit gun? Or like it was a spirit gun, yeah. Yeah, like, right... In front of Tagoro's face, so you think, yeah, this is gonna do him in. Probably blow off his fucking head. <laughs> yeah. Um, despite this, Tagoro actually remains unharmed and appears like the elder Tagoro changed from a sword to a shield and blocked the spirit gun. So, That's elder Tagoro is just like fucking How fast does that change though? Pretty fast. Pretty yeah. fast. I, I think the guy can move probably as fast as like people can throw punches and shit like that, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, so younger Taguro then smashes Yusuke with a punch and Yusuke goes down and, um, oh, he goes, Taguro goes down? Um, I can't remember. I think Yusuke goes, I don't think Taguro went down yeah. until, like, the end of this fight. Okay, so now both, like, Yusuke and Kuwabara are, like, out and Chukane is, like, rejoicing, but then Sakio, like, is, like, He's, like, nonchalant. He is not affected by this situation. He's like, what ups, dog? Yeah. Um, somehow, with his spirit energy, Kuobara then communicates Mikina again by looking into her memories and what she's gone through. And we cut to, like, a cut back to the past where there's, like, a nice bodyguard who's, like, watching over Yukina and says, you remind me of my little sister. You shouldn't suffering like this and later on they try to escape um thinking that Trukane was gone on like a business trip or something but unfortunately like that's a lie and they get caught and um they the rest of the bodyguards like um start firing and the nice one pushes Yukina away as he's like getting gunned down and like Yukina's just like looking in horror slash sadness can we talk about this? Because, like, I like this. I think it's a cool character moment. But this is one of the most confusing things in Yu Hakusho to me. Because when I was a kid, I'm like, holy shit, that's Sakyo. <laughs> like, the dude looks like Sakyo, right? Oh, yeah. But he's yeah. not Sakyo. Yeah. 
I, I, I just thought it was. I thought it was he just it looked like different. Yeah, no, like Cause look like, up. Cause I, cause remember, like he he got shot to death, so it's like I thought it was just he or something. Yeah. yeah, no. What's what's especially fucking confusing about it is that like the dude looks like Sakio, and Sakio has a prominent scar on his eye. So oh, wow. like, but that guy got shot to death. There's yeah, no that guy got shot to death. So like, I feel there was maybe in the manga, like I don't know, maybe there was a time where he was planning on like we'll reveal that dude to be Sakio, but then it never happened. It's like, no. Nah, I think it's definitely it's a coincidence. It's, I think it's the case of reusing character designs to save money. So yeah, I think he does that a lot. Not to save money, but I think it's just you know sometimes. It's hard to be creative with a lot of side characters and you end up reusing similar designs. Okay. Yeah, I don't think you're gonna find the guy. Like, just look up Yukina flashback. I, I like the Nazi guys back. <laughs> What's up? The Nazi guys on the screen. Oh. Oh, <laughs> Kazamaru. I was like, what Nazi, dude? But yeah. Yeah, I think. Fuck it. We're the not gonna find it. The thing is that it's really common, a lot of it, that manga will come up with some concept or idea. And just abandoned it. Like in, in JoJo. In JoJo like season again, 4, where, where they like never a, explained what the fuck the happened who, there. Yeah, who, the guy who rescued Josuke. Yeah, it who's be, very clearly a time-traveling version of Josuke, but yeah, they don't explain it. Yeah, what I understand is that Killer Queen's uh, 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 third bomb was going to be something like that where he sends him back in time. But yeah, like in that's Wolver, what I thought was going to happen too. And it's like, that's probably what it was. And literally, it was supposed to be Josuke, because it looked exactly like him. So, so and he was like injured and everything. I kind of want to check when that was written versus when Dragon Quest V came out, because Dragon Quest V literally does that. Really? And I half wonder now if he stopped because he's like, oh, fuck, Dragon Quest V did that. Fuck. I mean, well, he's a manga guy. He doesn't have time to play games. I mean, Dragon like, Quest V was a huge fucking deal in Japan, so he's like, that. everyone will know I stole this or feel like I stole it. I guess, but the thing is that I couldn't, I couldn't imagine him doing that because the manga, I mean, he was so busy doing part four. And you know the schedule of manga because really yeah. crazy, where it's like, like, like they go up, like get up like at three a.m. to edit. It's like what the hell? Yeah, agreed. But like, yeah. So the general point is that like there was a cool opportunity that they didn't take, and that like it just made things kind of confusing because like Sakio eventually, you eventually find out more about the dude, and like it doesn't fit into his story. Yeah. So like it, I was so disappointed when we finally find out more about Sakio as a kid. I was like, oh fuck, he wasn't that dude. Yeah, because yeah, I was holding out at the time. I'm like, please tell me you were Tarukane's like worker or whatever. Yeah, I really I like, do think. Oh, oh no, 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 no! I really do think it was like the case of like they just character designs are just too similar. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. Um. Okay. So, did you want to say something, Megan? No, no, no. There was no okay. no content in my <laughs> okay words. Okay. So, um, see, like seeing these memories of Yukina, um, Kubara. Gets a burst of energy, and he's like, I gotta save her. So he unleashes his spirit sword again. And I, then, I think he also tells Yusuke that he has, like, a plan. Yes. That they don't elaborate on until it yeah. happens. Yeah. Uh, basically, he gets up, and he starts charging his spirit sword and going towards Tarukane because, instead of Taguro because he wants to punish Tarukane for all the things that he did to Yukina. And then, um, but then Taguro pulls him back and kicks him in the gut and they realize they really need to get rid of Taguro first so that way they can get to the real villain. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't have interjected. That oh, happens no, later. Okay. Sorry about that. Uh, the real villain because like there's only one choice left and they, but they don't have a chance against them. So, K- 
Well, Barra, then, like you mentioned, like, thinks of a plan. Um, if they can, like, land this one sneak attack. And so he asks Yisuke for help. And then Kuwabara gets back up, charges his spirit sword, and Tagura is ready to, like, ready for the attack. He's anticipating it. I think he even says, oh, they want to die with honor or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Psych! <laughs> yeah. Um, Yisuke then fires his spirit gun. Instead of hitting Tagura, like we all think it would, it hits Kuwabara. Which, like, then doubles Kuwabara's speed with such force that he, like, basically rams into Tagura. With, with <laughs> so, the sword out. So, like, the logic here is, like, if I shot a gun at a person to make them go faster. <laughs> I, 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 like, I thought it would be really funny if you just ended up killing them by mistake. Oh, no. it's like, t- big boost. He just disappears. Oh. Shit. Like a hole through the... I, yeah. yeah, I kind of wish they had made it, like, make more sense by showing that Kuwabara had put some of his spirit energy into his back so he was able to take the blow or something right. like that. Something like... Anything. Like, a, he was wearing a special belt on his back. <laughs> yeah, if they had made any sense of it, but they fucking didn't. No. <laughs> this is how it works now. I can control it to where it's a blunt edge. Like, it's gonna push you, not shoot through you like it has in the past. Yeah, no, I mean, they kind of play with that. There are definitely times where Yusuke fires it, and it's more like, it is a very hot... But solid ball, and there are other times where it's like it's a laser. <laughs> Whatever the plot needs, basically. Yeah, the mechanics of it. Once again. Yeah, the mechanics of it vary tremendously. Like I don't think he can start a fire with it, for I'm instance. Just, I'm just picturing like an American spy movie where they're like, "We gotta run faster." Shoot him! Shoot him with a regular gun. <laughs> it's like rocket right? jumping. God. Oh man, have you guys ever played the video game Killer Seven? Yeah. Do you remember the part where the dude... So there's a part where a sniper is aiming at a guy, and the guy is supposedly unaware that the guy is there, so he, the sniper fires, and the guy just catches the bullet and then rides it to another place. What? Yeah, that sounds about right. It's an amazing game. Oh. Oh. But yeah, yeah so that again, that's... I, I want to play it again, too, but that's basically what, what's going on. Did you ever play the sequel to that? The... Did that come out? Killer is Dead is not a sequel. It's a spiritual sequel. Oh, I always thought it was a sequel. No, nah, it's know. it's not technically related. Yeah. Um, it's also apparently not as good. So, oh. yeah. So, just then... Uh, yeah, no worries. Turukane is obviously shocked by his sudden turn of events. He's like, oh, my fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger and Michael Jackson dudes are dead. <laughs> um, Sakyo is more than happy as ever, and he gets all Turukane's pr- property and basically says this before piecing out and turning off his Skype. Um, and then, you know, all the members of the Black Black Club, uh, all of them basically say, like, oh, you know, I'd lend you money, but I don't associate with the poor. <laughs> and it's just like, you guys are fucking so, dicks. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, that's so fucked up when they trade in humans and vet and things, but, yeah. like, leaving their friends behind. They literally, you know, teleport demons from, like, the demon world in order to enslave them and, like, genetically modify monsters they find in the Middle East. The Middle East. These guys are, like, valley girls. Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. like, we, we, like, you can't seriously. sit with us. Yeah. Like, oh, my oh God, my mean gosh. girls. That's, oh my God. that's the real that plot of it. Like, like I mean, when it comes down where there's mean girls with, like, you know... Can buy demons and bows. I mean, what what Valley Girl doesn't, you know? So guess who's late to the party? (laughs) It's Hie. Yeah, I I wrote there. I was like, like, Hie at the last second to steal the glory. Yeah, he suddenly bursts into Tarugane's place, and he just like kills all Tarugane's bodyguards like instantly. Yeah, just killing the dudes. Fuck it, I guess. And then just starts punching Tarugane. He could probably like. 
just dent Trukane's skull in if he wanted to, but he's like, no, I'm gonna make you feel all this. And so he's just beating the shit out of him for a while. Uh, well, this is after Trukane pleads for his survival, uh, and, you know, like, offers Hiei to be, like, his bodyguard, and, like, basically offers him money, trying to show that, like, no, Hiei doesn't give a shit about that, he's here to, like, help his sister. Yeah, I think Trukane even says, at least in the English version, like, I have this broad who's gonna cry his jewels, <laughs> so I got the money. <laughs> Wait, let me try getting into the voice. <laughs> Sakashta, get the get the chopper. I have this broad over here, and she cries tears that sell for billions of dollars. Oh man! I'm from that, Brooklyn. That wasn't that wasn't a screen clip or a clip of the clip. Yeah, a clip of the show that was all Joe. Yep. Surprise! Amazing. <laughs> Next voice acting king right here. Oh no, Matt Mercer. Matt Mercer, Troy Baker, your heart out. Troy Baker. The guy's gonna be at the. Uh, I guess plug. He's gonna be at Game On Expo. So will I. Uh, August tenth through the thirteenth, I think. I'll let's save there. the pl- let's save the plugs for the end. But yeah, uh, as Hie was about to land the final blow, Yukina basically catches his arm and stops him, saying she has seen too much violence and wants him to stop. And uh, you know, being her long lost twin brother, he stops. However, Yukina doesn't know him, and when she asks who he is, uh, she says, "quote unquote," you seem familiar, or "Who are you?" or in the Latin American version, instead of saying anything, instead of like, there's some context to the you seem familiar or like there's other lines around it. In Latin American, she literally just asked, Quien eres? Quien eres? Quien eres? And I was like, what? It, it just felt like someone had fucked up the like dubbing and just like accidentally looped the line three times because it was the same intonation, same everything. <laughs> but <laughs> he decides it wasn't the right time to tell her about his real identity. So he told her that he's just quote unquote a friend. Or, like, a member of the team, depending on which version. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the funny thing is, did Yusuke say that they was trying to stop him from killing the, the guy? Or was it, like... From, like, he's supposed to stop him from killing all humans, but he just well, fucking he, kills like, the bodyguard. He's like, stop him from killing him. Didn't he just kill three bodyguards? Stop him from killing him. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe those guys aren't dead, but I think they're pretty fucking they're, dead. They're not, they're surreally unconscious. Yeah. They sent him to the next dimension. Yeah. To the Shadow Realm. To the Shadow Realm, I was just saying, Okay, so the next scene is one of my favorites because this is one of my favorite ships in the Yohaku show. So Yukina then suddenly remembers about Kuwabara and she runs off to like the main area to find him. And like she's like, wait, don't get up. I can heal you. And like, don't at, come. Don't yeah, come. Yeah, don't come. Wait for me. And like, we'll um, together. She says, I can use my healing powers to help heal you. And he's like, as she's trying to heal him, he's like, it gets all soft and anime, glowy sparkles. And he's like, man, you must hate humans. We suck. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, don't hate all humans. I'm sorry. We don't represent those guys. Don't hate us. Yeah, and then, oh my gosh, it's, like, one of my favorite things. Like, she looks at him, and she as she's healing him, and, like, she starts crying a little bit, and she's like, no, I still like humans. And you're just like, oh my god. Oh my god. Shipper feels Kumari Kino forever. Forever, <laughs> spy ever, said it ever. And thus, the episode ends, you know, sort of, like, zooming out from, like, Kuwabara and Yukina and Toguro's dead body with the spirit sword through him. You know, romantic. <laughs> romantic as fuck, dog. And then it just closes, and, oh, do we want to discuss the thing that they do with the next time on Yu Hakusho, or do we just want to leave it? Just leave it. Let's leave it. We'll, we'll have I, I didn't did want to bring Next time on Yu Yu Hakusho, spoilers. 
So I, Patrick did not watch this next time on New York show. We'll put it out. Yeah. I, I actually want to mention about Kuwabara is that I really like that scene as well. I mm-hmm. like it because in the Japanese version, I think maybe Kuwabara realized, maybe it's like a realization because she's like, I'm very fond of you guys. And maybe he realizes like, you know, maybe he doesn't have to be in love with all his, maybe do it for the right thing. So like falling in love, you know? Yeah. That's just my, my interpretation of it. I might be completely wrong. But I thought it was like, okay, it's a realization that he, he needs to do this, and, you know, it's to save people, and, you know, it's not about this and that. It's not a selfish thing, it's more of a selfless thing that he has to accomplish, sort of how he went about the, that science test to help his yeah, friends. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the love test now. The love test. Yeah, well, the, he did it to help the people, not because the, not to get his, you know, so, his selfish gains. He did for, yeah. like, you know, help build his character and show that. Kumar is the more. best. I mean, we, yeah, we know like, this. Literally the best. His character goes with the cheapest though that makes me sad. Well, that's because he's ugly. Yeah, but like he's. I know the feeling. Part is beautiful. Oh man. Oh well. Anyways. Anyone single hit up Joe. Oh my god. And a female. Are you into females? And female preference. I'm I'm an equal opportunity. (laughs) (laughs) I won't check. I won't check. You know, it's if I like you, I like you. Joe, I'm single too. Or if you like kick me through a, if you try hanging me through a ceiling, we might have some problems. Oh my god. Hey Joe, I'm single. Or I might really like it. I don't know. (laughs) We'll find out on the next episode of the Yu Show. On the next episode. Oh, that's actually not the end. Uh, We have a a little bit of a note here. We can try rushing through it because it's been a bit of a long recording session. I don't think we can rush through that. Yeah. Yeah, That sounds something that I've We've been putting this off for a bit. I know. Next time on. Next time on the Yu Show, we'll talk about the Japanese production of the show uh, with Studio Perot, etc., it's been a bit, so we'll, I swear to God, we'll do it next time. And we'll y'all. do it entirely in an ASMR voice. <sighs> no. <laughs> next time, we'll get a fairly interesting discussion on Studio Perot and the various companies and people that incorporate Yu Yu Hakusho. This is what it's like to go beyond an ascendant Super Saiyan.
next season where Patrick will never admit that it's a tournament because the entire thing's a tournament so I just be like yeah this weird adventure they're going on that has no connection to the rest of it there's no brackets fuck brackets technically I'll call it three tournament arcs we're on tournament arc number three already it's not even like 20 something episodes in do you actually just want to continue no okay that'd be rude get away from Megan cool cool we'll start with you when you leave that's fair. Damn. So you get to be in a male jail. Damn. No. Oh, man. I can't... <laughs> I'm going to introduce this one as the most problematic episode of Yu Hawk Show ever. The, the game gets problematic. Yeah. Welcome to a time before anyone understood transgender rights. Or well, I mean, anything, actually. I mean, was it big in the 90s? I, I'm not saying... I no, like, I mean, there were people, there were activists who cared about it, but it wasn't, like, a mainstream concern. Because usually, usually when people think of that, I always thought they'd just think of, like, RuPaul, which technically isn't uh, trans, yeah, you know. The drag queen, that definitely yeah. wasn't a thing in Japan. At least, I don't think it was a thing in mainstream Japan. 
Well, to, like, at one I point think it was, was a thing people acknowledged existed, but that right. no one really like had. Well, was it, wasn't the geishas weren't they all men back then? No, because the woman could go on stage. No, that's kabuki. Yeah. Oh, sorry. But which is kind of different, because like um, that was like a regarded like if you could become a kabuki actor, you're like that was like a highly regarded kind of thing. It's like Shakespeare and stuff. Yeah. Same, sim- I feel like it was like a similar feeling versus like mm-hmm. I know like I think in the nineties and two thousands like even now being gay in Japan is still pretty. It was like a not, it's yeah. not the best for my gay for my gay friends in Japan. I think yeah. this is not the best, but it's getting there. Yeah, like, more yeah. progress has been made in the last like ten years than ever. Has. There's this like I was watching a clip because there's this popular like segment on I, I don't know what public channel, but. There was this, like, lady representative, and she was so callous, like, gay rights, gay marriage, what? And they were, like, cackling. In in Japanese. It's, like, this really Mm ultra-conservative, like, I don't know what position she holds, but Mm -hmm. she's, like, super conservative, Mm -hmm. and she's, like, why do we need gay rights? Like, why do we need blah, blah, blah? And, like, they were laughing. I think, like, isn't the conservative party in Japan Democrat? They're like the Democratic Party or something like actually, that. I'm not sure. You think I know because I studied politics. Oh, they were pointing at me. I was like, what the fuck? No, no, no. But like, actually, do you want to pull or should I move it? I had to, I need to look it up. Like, it was yeah. like, the clip was just made me livid because they were just. It like, might be like Liberal Democrats or something like that. I forgot. Oh, yeah, yeah, they might be their like so. technical party. Yeah, because yeah, a lot of issues, especially mm-hmm. none of that, but with racism. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, my one of my friends uh, was te- I don't know if it was one of my friends were video watched, mm-hmm. but they were saying like, oh yeah, about Martin Luther King, oh yeah, the Americans, it's very racist, and they bring up uh, I can't remember what the majority was, but they called like Islanders some really racist term. Oh, or, like I forgot the, what the um, the people the uh, I I know I knew. Oh, like, yeah, like yeah. the people in Hokkaido. In Hokkaido, they don't recognize them as like people. Yeah, like that, and like they they didn't realize how self aware it was. Mm. Yeah, like that's a big issue. That's a big movement that are. I think millennials are really like starting to like pick up. I think more, yeah. which is nice. Um, it's hard. The government yeah. doesn't like it because, like, I know. Um, I mean, they're like. I think a lot. Most books they erase like a, a good chunk of oh, like World War Two. Yeah, rape yeah. and king is like a dirty word there. Yeah, they still haven't apologized for that. So there's a. Um... There's like a memorial to one of the nuclear bombings that's in Japan that has three sides to it. One in English, one in Japanese, and mm-hmm. one in Korean. Because a lot of the people who died there were Korean because they were forced laborers in like a factory. Oh, yeah, like yeah, comfort was... women. Well, you ever look up like speaking oh, of yeah. Aliens, comfort women, but... that's so fucked up. Well, that, that's fucked up. But the, the thing about this like monument, mm-hmm. like it, these three sides, the third side that's in Korean is on the edge of a cliff. You can't read it. Wow. Yeah. Yikes. Yikes. Yeah, they're not the best friends. Which which makes me think that like the person who made the artwork was like sincere and wanting Korean people to know about it, and that the person who installed the art was like, "But fuck you." Oh yeah, fuck you. Like like, do you know about Nintendo and how Nintendo gets their console put in Japan and uh, Korea? How they don't they don't publish it it's through other companies. Oh yeah, they're not allowed. There's yeah, because of Japanese thing. ownership of Korean companies isn't, yeah. isn't... I mean, I think that's less no, true it's now, publishing, because yeah. like, they had to rebrand, like, the all the consoles, like Toshiba, and whatever the, yeah. the South Korean companies were. It was really bad. It's interesting, though. Korea's actually kind of taking over Japan. Like, yeah. like, like culturally, like... Not you sound like an over. old Japanese man. Ah, yeah, Korea's taking over. Yeah. over. But no, like, I, 
a lot of kids, like a lot, like in the states, like you know, Korean music has become more popular here. Yeah, yeah. it's so popular over there now. Like Korea boos are everywhere. Like it's it's crazy. It's weird and to K-pop's me. K-pop's so big here. Yeah, it's it's big here, but like it's interesting because Japan likes to think of it itself as like a cultural powerhouse. Yeah, yeah. they didn't like yeah. a lot of things coming in inward, but like you know. Yeah, and they can't stop the spread of K-pop. Yeah, I, I didn't notice that a lot though. Like that's the big new, the new big thing in Korea. Because my my friend actually just went to South Korea. I can't remember exactly where, but sorry, my sister's friend went to South Korea recently, mm-hmm. and she and yeah, I was was like yeah, she loved it. She was all about the the culture, the the, the K-pop stuff. The K-pop stuff is so dark though. Yeah, so I goddamn dark. Honestly, yeah, like Korea is dark. K-pop. I have a lot of gossip about. Oh, oh yeah, the, yeah, I know. Oh yeah, the the the, the idol stuff. About yeah, no, like, literally anyone in media. Over there. K-pop creeps me out so much to the point where like it really you can't enjoy it anymore. I yeah. oh, I've never been able to enjoy it because yeah, the moment really I saw it, I was like, this is really weird. Yeah, I mean the J- J-pop does the same. J-pop Japanese idols. Do yeah, the same thing. I also don't listen to J-pop either though. Mm, no. Yeah, but like it's. Just, uh, I, I guess it just, it just goes to show the cult. Like, I mean, isn't America like similar things with some of our icons as well? Not, yeah, not yeah. nearly as bad. I mean, yeah, like the industry, like media, the entertainment industry here is bad too, like in different ways. But over yeah. there, it's like straight up grooming, like, yeah. from, like 10 years old. Mm-hmm. To, like, oh, and like, whatever. even though they make like them so much money, they don't get paid that well yeah. and shit like and that. They're, they're like, working to yeah. the bone yeah. and they don't get to keep any of their like artistic integrity and yeah. they do like... There's one girl, like, she, I think, made out with a guy or had a secret boyfriend. And yeah. this is in Japan. And uh, for part of AKB48, mm. a really big group. Yeah. She, uh, so she had a secret boyfriend they found out. She, not only did she have to make a public apology because it was against her contract, they made her shave her, or she shaved her head in apology. What? She looks like a, I didn't know about that part. That's oh, yeah. Weird. She's basically compelled to do it. Like, yeah. there's, like, some people on the internet saying, she did it herself. She did it voluntarily. Like, no, like... The way the idol culture there is so systematic with being a possession towards right. your fans. Yeah, to your like, fans. That's so creepy. Yeah, because you don't have ownership of your own body or anything. Like you're contractually obligated to be there for the fans and there for the company. Like you mm-hmm. can't you can't jump between idol groups if you don't like it. Like, you gotta have a punk rock movement there and just give no. It a I mean, there was a punk rock movement. It just it. It does. And it's still it's still there. It's like, still there, yeah. It. Like there's a lot more indie bands now. I think like a lot more indie DJs, a lot more indie music. It's just it's, harder. There's not as much of it's, it, and it's not going to be mainstream. Yeah, like, almost ever. No. Um, but yeah, I'm ready to continue when you guys are. Okay, I'll read this door. one. Go for it. Okay, are we still recording? Yeah, we were. Yeah, recording. Oh, okay. I, I, might, I, might, I might include this at the end of the episode. If there's nothing that was said that was like controversial. Okay. 